Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M-O-L-M-M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. (laughs) Six hours later. Y'all done got digitally (laughs) painted. You done got digitally painted. No. No. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that's always prepared with magnificent intros and is never procrastinating writing them because I have just one last boss to beat in Hades to get some more ambrosia to one of my loved ones to just kind of get it on one more time before I go out there and beat Hades again. One more level before I go to bed or, or maybe face the brutality of the real world and escape one more time Hades. Anyway, uh, hey, I'm Ben uh, and joining me as always, Jason and Corey, how's it going? Oh. Well, hello. Jumping into it. I feel like (laughs) I was just just like rattling off for a while. Yeah, it was a little rambling, but that's okay. This game, I think unlike any I have played since Tetris, my many obsessions with Tetris, (laughs) like I felt borderline addicted to it. Like I was like, oh, I have two minutes. Let me go like do one (laughs) level in 80s. Like... (laughs) It's I insane. Or I sp- sit that. down and spend three hours straight playing it too. Yeah, time disappeared with this game. I I was playing this yes. on the airplane, so I went to Hawaii, and there's like two legs of it. It's like a five hour flight to San Francisco and a five hour flight to Hawaii, somewhere in that vicinity. Yeah, and so I, wow. you know, after the first flight, I was like, oh, like I can't sleep. Whatever, I'm just gonna play some Hades. And like the next thing I knew, we were landing. I love it. <laughs> it's like, how is that? possible yeah and it and it said playtime 10 minutes you're like oh whatever i agree (laughs) i agree yeah totally Uh, i don't know how that works i'm jason um and you're good uh and i um am the person who introduced you both to this game okay and that's not entirely true and it took over a year check the clucking tapes Corey. wow you can listen to this podcast over the last year. I simply mean because Twitter technically introduced me to that's it. True. I just didn't know what it was. Um, I didn't create this game. That, there was a lot true. of memes about it, and I was like, people seem to like but, this a lot. But I, I just need to, I need to gloat for one second, then we'll all move fair. on. That's fair. And just yeah. say... You don't have to gloat. You can just take credit for it. It feels so good when you're excited about something. Yeah, And you're like, sure. hey... And it takes yeah. a little while, and that's understandable. That's not, that is not to uh, critique you guys at all. Like, I totally <laughs> understand. Yep. But... It's not like we weren't playing Knowing you would get over that hill. I had so much confidence that it would happen. And the one thing I want to talk about today, the big thing is, like, interview with each of you over your journeys with this game. Because (laughs) you each interacted with it very differently. Like, Corey, you jumped in. You were like, the second it had installed, you were like, yep, I get it now. I'm in. There we go. And then Ben was like four hours in calling me like, I hate you. I hate life. I hate Corey. And I don't even know why. This game's hard. Yeah. Yep. And we had a long conversation. And then 48 hours later, he's like, so I'm, I'm uh, I think I'm in love with Hades. I think it's the best game ever. It's like, yes. Yeah. Which was wild and unpredictable to me. So I'm very excited to talk about all of this. This really, this game just hit us just right. Yeah. All of us. And I see what all the hype has been about all this time. Yeah. Not that. You know, there's sometimes when you see a lot of hype around a game and then either you play it or you see gameplay or something and you're like, okay, I mean, it looks fine. This, I understand why everyone has been obsessed with it all this time. (laughs) And if you haven't played it yet, that's okay. It's available for pretty much every console. Um, 
and you can play it. Also, you don't have to bail on this episode. You can listen. There's yeah. not that many spoilers to give. They exist, but <laughs> no. we can tell you all about the game without getting to them. And sure. we'll feel okay with that. Uh, if we get to spoilers, we'll alert you. But listen to this, because we'll also give you some techniques so you can get over that hump uh, just like Ben did. Yeah, I definitely wish I'd listened to a podcast on Hades before jumping in, because those first four or five hours were like, just hard. like always, it's hard to find my bearings for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I'm a slow starter with the with most video games, especially ones that are like so engrossing and complex with, it's not like Witcher where it has like crafting trees. But it's like it's very roguelike, right? In the sense that you're building out these weapons and these different builds along the way, and it's it's very overwhelming the first couple hours. And every time you switch weapons, you're doing it all over. Or if you have different Olympians helping you out, it's everyone has different things they can give you. We're getting too deep. Okay, let's and back by up. roguelike, just to be clear, you're using a looser uh, interpretation of the Berlin interpretation, uh, which we will get into. I'm so psyched. Good. Good. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, I set you up for that on purpose. Excited about it. That was well. my goal. That was my goal for saying that. He was like, I cannot wait. I'm just going to set it up. Yeah. I'm going to see you. Right in the heights, down. Yes, exactly. As you drink your hops, yeast, barley, and water. Boom. Legally German beer Boom. there, Jason. Good job. It is. It is. Oh, boy. All right. Where should we start? We're going to start with development. Towards the end of development, we'll talk a little bit about roguelikes in general and why in the world I invoked the Reinheitsgebot to talk about them. Is that a, is that a Sherlock story? No, no. It's a German beer purity law. law. German law. Uh, yeah, it, it's German and includes the word purity. It's uh, it's scary. Um, oh, good. Great. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's actually <laughs> the Second Reich. Uh, and then we will just dive into our experiences with the game. Uh, we'll yeah. talk Yay. about each of you and how you got into it and, and the, the ups, the downs, the, all the different things. Favorite builds. Uh, that'll be a fun yeah. thing because we'll have Ooh. different builds that we like. Yeah. Um, we'll also talk about our favorite characters, which one we have secret crushes on. We each have different ones and I'm excited to find that out. God. Uh, plus just BFFs, me and Skelly <laughs> for life and, uh, beers and songs. Right. Whatever. <laughs> Skelly's too kinky for me. Oh, yeah, love, love Skelly. We are good buds. <laughs> So, uh, shall I start with development? Let's do, it, do it. So, Hades was made by Supergiant, which is an indie studio in San Francisco. This is their fourth game. They uh, started in 2009 with, I believe, a crew of just eight. Uh, now they're up to 20. Uh, their first game was Bastion. Second was Transistor. Third was Pyre. And those games, they're really interesting because, at least, uh, I, I've spent time with Bastion, and some of it, you can feel some DNA. It, it, the movement, the the attacking, it just feels similar to Hades in some ways. However, it's not a roguelike. It's very linear. It tells a story. You go through it. It's a very kind of typical game. Uh, received a ton of critical acclaim. People loved Bastion. When did Bastion come out? 2012. Oh, okay, so it was about a decade while ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. All right. And they, they go about three years between games. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll Your Pyre was 2017. Pyre looks really similar, actually. Uh, I want to play Pyre. Uh, it's only available on PC and Mac, I believe. So no consoles. Cool. So you can Mac. play it, but it's like, oh, but do I want to commit to like sitting in front of yeah. my computer? No. Anyway, so uh, there's a really cool kind of story what? that happens here. With, with okay. I, I don't like playing games on my computer. I like playing on the couch. Me neither. I'm just lazy. Yeah. You're not even a real nerd. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Oh, 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 really? Because in my... Um, Things I love with Recommendation Station, I will talk about the backbone and how to play computer games on your couch. Oh, there you uh, go. So I will nerd out. Don't you worry. Nice. <laughs> um, so Pyre, one of the cool things they did with that, there were a lot of choices you have to make. 
And so there were tons of story things within this linear game where you wouldn't get most of the story because you would make these choices and it would cut off these different things. So kind of a linear but open-ended game. And one of the disappointments they had was that most people who played Pyre only played it once and didn't really realize just kind of how big it was. So they thought, how can we cram a ton of story into something and still have people be able to have a short play session where they play for about an hour every time? Also, our games have been good, but we want this to be tight. We want it to feel exactly right. So how will we also build something that we can kind of modify as people play it and till we just get all the knobs exactly right? And then somebody yeah. said, roguelike. Because a roguelike is a game that you have to play over and over and over. And they could release an early access version, find out what people like about it, change those things over time, bury the story in all the many playthroughs, knowing that people would get to multiple playthroughs uh, just automatically. And that that would drive them to want to find out more of the story, drive them to play it over and over and over. And Hades really is a game where the story pulls you through the roguelike when you're really struggling. You're like, but I still kind of want to find out what's happening to these characters. Yeah. So it... It really did all those things. They they started initially with the idea of Greek mythology. Kind of each of their games has shifted uh, setting. Oh, is that where all the characters come from? Yeah, evidently. <laughs> and they thought, you know, what's an obvious uh, video game setting in Greek mythology? Theseus and the Minotaur, right? We have a maze. Yeah. It's a roguelike. The maze changes every time. Perfect. Then they realized something about Theseus. He's really boring. He's an asshole. He's, he's bland <laughs> and generic. Yeah. So... Uh, so good, though. <laughs> then they they realized, they, they ran across this line that Hades was underrepresented in Greek mythology because the gods were afraid of him. And they thought, that's a cool hook. Like, I can get behind that. I can, that's some meat. I can write something on that. And they jumped in. But let, let's stop real quick, because I, I had this idea. You all just referenced Theseus, who appears in Hades, as being an ass. Uh, <laughs> cluck, cluck. And... He is. So competent game design is setting in Greek mythology and saying, okay, Theseus the Minotaur, right? Makes sense. By the works. way, can we just say his name, Asterius? Sure. Like, you guys are being a couple Theseuses here. I apologize. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Okay. Competent game design is setting it with Theseus and the Minotaur. Don't worry, I'll get to that. I'll fix it. Good game design is realizing that Theseus is boring. There's nothing to him. He's just like generic hero. Yeah. Great game design is keeping him in the game anyway and making fun of your original idea. Right. So that yeah. Theseus appears it. next to Asterius, and you get to make fun of Theseus every time because he's a every real time. asshole. Even Asterius half the time is like, I guess my king will fight him. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. Yeah, this, I guess, is my job. Have you guys yeah. spent some time with the good shade? The good shade? With Patroclus? Oh, the, like, the... No, the good shade. The one that's rooting for you? Yeah, if you go over Can to you talk to him... He'll say, ah, oh, thank you, my good shade. So the, the, his name is the good shade. I've walked over a few times, but I never, never had the it, option of like. You don't press talk. It's just sometimes he says, oh, okay. thank you, my good shade. Okay. It's just like, yeah, a, yeah it's nice. That's, that's cool. nice. There, there's one person in the, the arena rooting for you. And that's always nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So it was released in early access in 2019. Um, they let a bunch of people play it. They got a bunch of feedback. They really tightened it up. Uh, and then they did a full release timed with the Switch release. So that was the complete game. Uh, that was genius to make sure it came mm -hmm. out on Switch at the same time because mm -hmm. that's really what made this take off. The fact yep. that it was on Switch, it was the perfect way to yep. play this game. Yes. Then it blew up and everyone loved it and everyone loved it for different reasons. If you like roguelikes, this is a, just an incredibly tight, competent roguelike that feels really fun Beautiful. to play. 
Uh, if you like the art, like it's gorgeous. If you're just yes. horny for video games, this will give you everything <laughs> you ever need, right? Uh, you're you're good. So it was nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. And as an indie game, that is a coup. It lost out to The Last of Us 2. Mm. And when you try to put the two together, Ben, you're kind of doing the, you know, I, mm, I can see that, but also this is really good. I don't, but remember, The Last of Us 2 was made by a team of how many? Oh, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Thousands mm-hmm. if we in- include independent contractors and yeah, other right. people include it. Uh, this was a, a game made by 20 people. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That blows my mind. I'm, so, so I'm 80 plus hours in and every interaction I'm having is still new. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple repeats from Olympians <laughs> that are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here again to give you a gift. Like it's, it's not a story led right, interaction right. anyway, but all the story stuff is new. And it's, it's amazing. Insane that it, there's this much content. I haven't. I feel like I haven't beaten the game. The the game does a good job of telling you you've beaten it at a certain point, so that yes. you can like cross it off your list. But also, there's remember, a big story. There's a ton more to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I will say I've had repeat dialogue, but it's always because it takes me longer to do things. Like Bennett took you way Fair. fewer escape <laughs> attempts before you like beat Hades for the first time than when I did. And, yeah. and it also, each run takes me, like, twice as long as it takes you. So I have a few times, like, the characters have run out of things to say to me until I advance <laughs> any further. Yeah, fair. Okay. Like, you're really so. going to need to beat Theseus and the Minotaur, or we God, are done so here. they're so frustrating. Oh, my God, they're so hard every time. Until you beat them, and then they're, like, easy. They just no. take forever. No, that never yes, happened they do for take me. forever. That That's never happened. No. That never no, happened? This is the experience that other people tell me about. It's <laughs> the experience that other people keep telling me about. It's like, well, oh, it took we'll me get so there, long <laughs> to figure out Theseus and Asterius. Uh, but once I did... It just takes a while. It was like, no. It just... Every time I play, it's like, I know I can beat Hades. Can I get through Theseus and the Minotaur? Right. Can but you also it? stopped yeah. playing for a year. But it was that way before. Those That no, is my, I mean, my you, nemesis. Because you beat it 10 times and then yeah. you stopped. Yes. I beat I it 45 times. Yeah. So You beat it 45 times? I don't know. 40 plus times. I don't know. What? Times. That's so, incredible. That's incredible. ridiculous. Let me finish my development. I've, I've got like three more lines. I got to finish. I'm, I will keep playing this game after this podcast. Usually I'm like, we got to get it done and record. And then it's... This is incredible. I cannot wait to hear this stuff. Okay, so it did win at the, at the Game of the Year Awards, uh, Best Indie and Best Action Game. It also won a Hugo and a Nebula Award. Yeah, and wasn't it like the first video game to... For the Nebula, the... I believe. Yeah. They gave a special okay, award yeah. for it. The Hugo, there was a category. Okay. Um, but the Nebula was a special award. The voices, they actually have in-house uh, voice actors, and some that they hired that were actual voice actors for so the voice of Hades is yeah, their in-house yeah. um, wow. their, uh, voice actor in residence, I think is what his name is. I, I need to pull up his name. The composer who, who wrote the score. Dude, oh, I love the score. So good. Darren Korb is also the voice of Zagreus. Oh. Skelly and Orpheus. What? Wait. Yeah. Wow. Same dude. Same dude. So yeah. Orpheus? The guy who wrote the music voices the musician in the game. I genuinely thought Orpheus was voiced by a woman. Same. Uh, I thought he was voiced by Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, You have just blown my mind, because the whole time I was like, oh, that's really interesting that they chose to have a woman voice Orpheus, yeah. who's a male character. And I like gave it no further thought than that. I was like, yeah, it's clearly a woman. A very <laughs> feminine portrait as well, or avatar. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the other key people I want to... S- uh, spotlight is Gen Z, who did... Oh, I just said her name out loud and realized that it's, it sounds like Gen Z. Nice. Uh, J-E-N yeah. space the whole, the whole Z-E-E. Oh, Gen okay. Z. 
Is that Jen's, a is that her real name or is that like a? I assume that's her real name, but she's the is artist. That like Trey Cool or something. Trey like Cool. That. Yeah. yeah, that's his real name, right? <laughs> yeah, is that not. And so she's the artist who I think adds so much just flavor and character to all of this. They do so much with so little in mm-hmm. some sense, right? I think yeah. most of my students, when they play video games, they would look at this for a second and they would just be like, oh, it's all just still images. Why would I play this? I want Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I want 3D. I want blasting in my face all the graphics. But the more time you spend with this, it just it's hits just the right note. The art in here is so good. And one of my favorite things about that is that because... It does have that kind of flatness to it throughout it. There are certain movements that stand out. Like I love the way Asterius walks away when yes. he when you finish like a yeah. you know the two battles with him when you get stuck yeah. in doing that first battle with him. Ding and ding like, ding. He's like, all right, that's enough. And then he like kind of walks away. And a bell you know? rings. I love that yeah, the, the bell, bell rings. rings. Yeah. 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 And uh, when Hades shrugs off his um, cape. Yes. And like the, you know, the, th- or the, Trident it burns up. Yeah. And the, oh yeah. That whole thing, like the movement in that really stands out because it's different from the way that everything else has moved throughout the game. So I feel like it, it just makes certain moments about it. I don't know, come alive even more than yeah. they already do. So I For think sure. everything about the art in that game is wonderful. All right, let's get into your gameplays. We'll circle back to what a roguelike is. And start okay. to evaluate because I think y'all are chomping at the bit, and I get it. <laughs> Before we do, we're going to do light spoilers from here. We like already sure. spoiled a little to tell you the final boss is Hades, right? We've implied that. Yeah. That you're going to face uh, Theseus the Minotaur. From here on out, you might learn the Hydra's real name. You might learn. <laughs> Let's not talk about thing. what happens after you beat Hyd- or after you beat Hades yet. Yeah, that I agree. sounds yep. good. There, there's big gaps we can keep in there. Mm-hmm. So so we'll avoid the major spoilers. I think you're still safe. There's nothing you're going to regret yeah. listening to this podcast for. Yeah, um, I don't think yeah. that if I had known any of this, any of the stuff that happens in it, it would really tarnish that game for me like and maybe that's also because i'm like not a huge story person i tend to like skip through things really fast and sometimes i miss stuff but (laughs) i i feel like you can this kind of stuff i mean if you are like the kind of person who wants to know nothing and have it all unravel for you and not know what bosses you're about to face and all that kind of stuff maybe tune out go give it a you know 20 plays or whatever so you know that stuff and then come back and listen to it but otherwise i don't think it'll ruin it for you so quick description of the structure of the game. Uh, you play as Zagreus. Uh, you start in the house of Hades, where you can interact with a bunch of people who are hanging out. You can just talk to them, maybe even give them gifts if they seem nice to you. Then you decide to escape from Hades. And you jump out of your room. Escape from the underworld, I guess. But <laughs> There you go. And you're going to get out, and you're going to meet your mother. That is your goal. And so along the way, a bunch of Olympians will give you gifts. So you've got... Four main kind of movements, like dash and attack and special, and each of them will upgrade these things, right? So one of my favorites is Poseidon will upgrade your dash to make like a wavy thing that pushes enemies away and bashes them against walls. And then you upgrade your weapons. you got different weapons to choose from and tons of enemies and all of this stuff. And you got to beat four major bosses through the four layers of the underworld. And then you, after the fourth world, emerge onto the earth to go meet your mother. Won't spoil what happens there. But we will tell you, you have to do that 10 times 
until you get to credits. And after the 10th time, and each time the story moves along a little bit, but after the 10th time, there's a major story beat. And you get credits, and you get a beautiful song, and it's amazing. And then the game says, hey, I've got a special gift for you. You get to st still keep playing. There's no new game plus. You get to play on from here. And we've got thousands and thousands of more lines of dialogue and story and quests and things for you to do that you never dreamed of before. Did I do okay on the structure? What did I miss? Yeah, that, that was great. That nails it, I think. Perfect. I just want to hear Corey's journey, <laughs> and then we'll get to Ben's journey. Okay. Yeah, I think with this game... I was prepared for it by going under, which you guys know I loved so much because it didn't glitch for me and I was like, had never played any sort of roguelikes or dungeon crawlers or anything of that nature before. And so that had me like primed for what this game was going to be. Cause I think nice. before I would have felt really intimidated by it. Yeah. I think I always looked at that kind of stuff. And as a person who's like a classic button masher and stuff like that, like I'm like, oh, there's no way that I could like learn to control a character and its weapons and like yeah. be able to do all this stuff really quickly in a game. And so knowing that, Oh, I actually can kind of figure out how to like build out a, a weapon and all this kind of stuff and learn how to actually use it and use the buttons and combinations and stuff like that had me so that when I started this, I was like, okay, I know what to expect from mm -hmm. this game. I know that I'm going to die over and over and over again. And then that's part of it. And that each time I die, I'm going to go back and I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to get more story. I'm going to, you know, learn how to do something else, gain a skill. Someone's going to give me yeah. something that's going to power me up a little bit more. And so, like, knowing that that was how it worked, that I think is why, you know, Jason, I, you were saying, like, I was in from the beginning. It was like, I knew that I already liked something like this. So even if it was frustrating, I was like, I know I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to learn how to use my weapons better. And I'm going to, you know, get better at it or whatever. I liked that. Uh, I think it's a really satisfying game in terms of like the feedback you get while you're playing when you hit something really feels like, especially if you're using the, the spear, I feel like everything about that feels really good on your fingers when you're playing with it. You know? The like, spear feels so good. The spear feels so good. It's so great. I, and so like, I really loved that about the game as well. And the interesting thing about playing this game, too, is that once I started talking about it on Twitter, I realized how many people I know also played it. And so then it becomes a, a social thing where people are telling me, like, oh, here's what I used to, like, beat this uh, boss or things like that. Like, one of my friends, Colin, he straight up ha gave me, like, an Excel sheet that he'd made with... <laughs> like what um, boons he found to be the most helpful in it. And the boons are sort of the gifts you get from the gods to enhance your play, you know? So I then would look at it like, oh, okay, so he found that like with this uh, weapon, like these particular things worked really well. And I would see like, oh, some of the stuff he just like never used. Okay, <laughs> I could get like a sense really early on of what was going to be helpful to me in clearing those initial levels and like, building up and then other people would be like oh when i play this one like you know someone told me like with theseus and the minotaur just clear uh the minotaur out first because you know you don't want uh theseus to start calling in those god powers while you've still got both of them out there on the floor <laughs> i was mm. like oh yeah that makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> so you know that helped me to get through that so it added a social element to this game that i really wasn't expecting like i said i knew twitter loved it i've seen all the memes and the 
all that kind of stuff. But being like, oh, everybody wants to volunteer their information on the best way that they played this game and how that actually really helped me to get through it. That just added a whole other dimension to it for me. Plus the addictiveness (laughs) that Ben was talking about, where it's just time disappears into it. And then you were at runs that were like 27 minutes or 25 minutes or whatever you were getting through. Mine are all like on average about 47. Some of them are longer. (laughs) Um, The only time I have a 30 minute run was the one where you didn't actually have to beat Hades. But it's not like, that's not a spoiler. That's huge spoiler. Huge. (laughs) Not unless I tell you why you don't have to beat Hades. That was the one spoiler I wanted to avoid. (laughs) I was so pissed clear. when that happened because I was definitely at the point that was my fastest run too. I was like, oh, I <laughs> it guess probably this one. was my fastest cool. too. If I ended at thirty, that had to have been my fastest. That's probably most people's because I guess so. It's, yeah, yeah, time just really—it was so absorbing. I would sit there and be like, oh, I just spent the entire first half of the day. Thank goodness I was playing it over like Christmas time, <laughs> where I didn't have anything else going on because. I I think at this point I have played like 78 hours or something like that. Um, just to guess because it sounds like 75 plus and I'm like, I've probably played three hours since that. Uh, and there's a lot more to do. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have the time to play it as I did before, but I'm going to make room for it. Yeah. My, my favorite thing is that I was so passionate about this. I was so excited. And you both have passed me. You have both <laughs> yeah. like spent more time on it. <laughs> Uh, which yeah. I just love. I'm like, it's so yeah. fun to share something with someone and then to see them fall in love with it. It's, it's right. Great. Totally. All right, Ben, you hated going under. Yeah. You yeah. hate when I say roguelike, mm. you, you just hang up the phone. We stop talking. You're just done. You're out. Yeah, I was really worried about this. I thought this was going to be a disaster. Let's talk about your journey. We're here. We can talk it through. I definitely played some roguelikes for original Nintendo. And they freaked me out. And I was just like, this game's always different. I don't, my head's spinning. Like, I never got the hang of it. And then it took until playing, playing Hades six months ago. I played it for like the four hours, right? And I kind of like gave up on it. I'm like, we'll play it for a month and I'll come back to it, which was tough getting back into it. But I realized something. One of my favorite mobile games of all time, it's called Dungeon Raid. You cannot play it anymore Mm. because it was a 32-bit game and iOS updated to 64-bit. So there might be a way to emulate it. I just looked it up, and there's a couple articles that are just like, in Ode to Dungeon Raid, the greatest game you'll never get to play. Oh, "Oh, cool, I guess not. Uh, I'm sure there's videos of it or whatever, but it's basically Hades without the graphics. It's amazing. It's it's a little, uh, what is it, six by six square, kind of like uh, like bejeweled type thing, Mm -hmm. and you you connect, there's just a bunch of swords and shields and coins and hearts. And then you connect like four swords together and that would upgrade your swords. You connect hearts together and that upgrades your HP. Then skulls come along and you have to connect the skulls, you know, and then they disappear and it drops down. Yeah. Connect the skulls to uh, swords, right? And you have to have at least three in a row to to attack the skull or whatever. And different bosses come along and they're worth more and all that kind of stuff. Uh, every game is different. There's power-ups along the way where you can upgrade your special or your attack or whatever. It's like very much the same game. To me... It's just a roguelike, right? Or I guess to everyone else, it's a roguelike. To me, it's like it's the same thing, you guys. It's the same game. They they must have they ripped off Dungeon Raid, guys. Have you seen this game? <laughs> this was the first to do it. This is the second game to ever do it, right? Uh, so I think once I realized that, I was like, oh, that's my way of like wrapping my brain around this game mm-hmm. and like taking this thing that every time I go 
even to like Tartarus or Asphodel and there's like lava everywhere. I'm like, it's a whole new game. There's like the first time I got to Asphodel, it's just like all new enemies or the same ones have like twice as many powers and it's just like overwhelming. I'm like, I just spent hours figuring out Tartarus and now I'm doing this new thing. This is a totally different game. And so, yeah, it was very overwhelming. And probably 12 hours in, I finally started just like getting to like the end of Elysium. Right. And like then finally getting up to um, sticks or Temple of Sticks and all that and like getting like feeling like I was getting a handle of like not a handle of builds at all, but a handle of like I can keep stabbing these guys and running around. Right. Then you finally got to Hades, got through the ending a couple times, overjoyed at the story there. Really, really like it. And then that pulling me through to playing enough. And once I got through the like, I don't know, beating it five or six times, finding my my build, which was I got enough keys to unlock my favorite weapon, which was the um um, the adamant rail and the exergriff really and, which is amazing oh my and i just got a new one which is the shield of chaos which is what i've been doing my speed yeah. runs on yeah shield of chaos is good upgrading the shield of chaos to the aspect of zeus which is just the special becomes a blitz disc and it's like the special it's just is like super sharp spinning dagger basically <laughs> yeah. and it just spins and you can like run around the whole level and it's still spinning at people so i throw that and then you attack people the whole time it's amazing uh but yeah i did i don't know 90% of the first, like, 50 hours just with Exegriff, uh, and just my goal every single run, this is, like, a, the gun, basically. One, you, you attack and it's a gun, or your special is a missile, uh, and just focusing every single upgrade on the special, and just trying to get special, 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 and that that's what I got. I think I did a 22-minute run, and that was with that, and just, like, special lane running around, special lane running around, like a coward, running around, <laughs> just, like, throwing the bomb and sprinting, throwing the bomb and sprinting. And once I got that, I almost, like, felt like it probably broke the game in some ways, where, like, I stopped developing strategies. I was like, <laughs> I broke it. Cool. This is my cheat, basically. Yeah. Uh, that's when I fell in love with the game more, because I, I was able to, like, just burn through story and, and all that kind of stuff, and gifts for people and stuff. We're going to use the phrase OP a lot in this. Uh, OP means overpowered. And one of the great things about this game is they left in the broken parts. They let you have broken builds that would just let you beat the whole game by just standing in a corner and pressing a button. And it feels fun when you find those. It's It's a great moment of discovery, especially because it's randomized. And you can never just demand that it'll happen again. Right. So my favorite version of that is we were talking about the different weapons. Uh, One of the weapons is the bow and arrow. I have played exactly one run with the bow and arrow and I will never pick them up again. God, I fucking hate that thing. I hate the bow and arrow. Because I got out on the first try. So wild. Nice. I found a broken wow. build yeah. where I would just stand in a corner, release my arrows and it would go pop, 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 shoot like seven arrows and then they would just hit everybody in the level. Yeah. So I would just hide behind a column and just start firing yeah. out into the blue, and then the whole level like a coward. I think it might be my shortest run too. Yeah, like it was perfect, <laughs> and it was one of those moments where I came back and I was like putting that on the shelf. Yeah, never touching that again. You're never right. gonna get. It's that too again. beautiful. It's too yeah. beautiful. I can't touch it. I can't sully that bow and arrow with another run. Yeah, because yeah. the problem with the bow and arrow is it's generally so slow, and like you don't have any close up attacks with it, yeah. and so you know everything you do has to be from a distance. And with giving the time for like the next, you know, round yeah. to load or whatever. And so I'm constantly just sitting there like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't hit things with this. Everything's attacking yeah. me in the time it takes between when I can attack again. So yeah, oh. finding that kind of build would certainly help. Yeah. So I was going to move best characters next, but let's move best builds. F- sounds like that's where we're at. What were your sure, favorite yeah. builds? 
I um I mean I don't think that I'm like <laughs> because I don't pay as close attention to that kind of stuff. I don't have like oh it's definitely this 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 and this. I really loved. I think I work best with the spear. What is it actually called? The eternal spear. Yeah. Yes, Varatha, the eternal Varatha. spear. Um, I work pretty well with Stygius, the Stygian blade, which is basically yeah. just a sword. I don't. Yeah. I'm bad at that. Uh, see, anything where I can kind of get up and button mash and jab at people is always helpful. So Especially twin- if you can get the upgrade where it can hit yeah, twice. Yeah, the twin fist is fun. Oh, twin yeah. fist is cool. Yeah. I love the twin rhythm fist. of the twin fists. Yeah, It'll be like exactly. bop, bop, whap, bop, bop, whap. <laughs> yeah, oh. and all of those, I think, what I like about them is that they've got that good mix of close range and far away. So especially when you get certain boons and stuff like that, that'll be like, and now your attack range is, is longer, you know, so you get you can get further away, you can get closer, all these kinds of things that like, to me, are kind of what I need, I need to be able to do all of that and fast. And then sort of like the boons that I really like and stuff tend to be ones that like can push someone ab- away. So like Athena boons were always really good for me, something to just kind of like, either send someone's attack back at them or push them away from me. Especially when you get up to, like, uh, what's after Asphodel? Elysium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, like, those guys can be, like, so overwhelming. You've got all these guys with shields and, like, they're attacking you from all over the place and pushing them back is super helpful. Anything that can, like, break armor, always really good. Um, You know, so basically I just kind of, like, take those. I've, like, upped things with like all I think everything is full on their aspect of Zagreus my uh my spear is full of pretty much everything at this point um you know and I just kind of hope that I get the combination of boons at this point it doesn't even matter what I get with the spear I can probably beat it yeah yeah, (laughs) um but yeah that's why those are my favorite ones those three weapons are my favorite to to work with yeah nice I still think adamant rail is that what it's called Uh, exegraph adamant rail yeah, I, I that's wild to me. Yeah, because that that's another. It's too so slow. slow for me. So slow. It's so yeah. incredibly slow. And like the adamant rail and the um, the bow are the two that I've only beat once with the one time because you needed I needed to. to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> needed to beat with all of them to get the um, what is it called? The minor prophecies. Is that what yeah. it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fates or whatever. So um, why does the adamant rail work for you? That's the special. I think when I realized the special was mm. so strong. And then mm-hmm. you could, any upgrades on that, you can get one that makes it 300 times power, but okay. it damages you too. And oh, I get okay. that like half the time. Or you yeah. can get one that fires five missiles with a little bit less damage that doesn't hurt you. But if you get either one of those, I'll, I'll be able to beat it. And you get those more than half the time. I was just going to ask that you saying that you took some damage too. That is, I was curious. I always kind of took anything that would build up my health. And like, so I pretty much always had the stuff that like, you know, whatever the special little box of things that all the gods give you. Yeah. Um, I would pretty much only use the one that gave you like the death defiance there or the like yeah. power up to 100 or whatever. I think it's Lucky Tooth. And oh, then, yeah. you know, get as many health because I'm like, as long as I like can't die as much, <laughs> then That's why, okay. I can probably yes. beat it. That makes so much sense because when you said it takes you 45 minutes, I was like, how do you stay alive for 45 minutes? All right, Corey. A lot of health. Yeah. Corey, here's the thing to to cure you of this. If you want Mm. to be cured. It's fine. Play the way you want. Sure, yeah. Let me fix you. But here's a a switch. It will change the way you play. Mm -hmm. Aspect of Guan Yu. Okay. So in the spear, one of the different aspects you can unlock is the aspect of Guan Yu. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your health is cut by a third. 
mm-hmm. like down to a third of its normal thing. Okay. But every time you kill an enemy, you get back three health. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it leads you to be so aggressive <laughs> and that it completely changed the way that I played. I loved mm. it so much. It was really difficult. Yeah. But it, it genuinely felt like playing a different game. That's cool. Yeah. And that can be, like, there are certain, like, boons and stuff like that that do that, too. Like, all right, every time you hit yeah. an enemy, you get 30% back yes. and things like that. And so sometimes yeah. when I've got something like that, I will change what the thing yeah. I'm using is. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I think I can probably make it through without it's that. It's a big enough but, one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of health. I'm often up at, like, 300 health on this oh, thing yeah, with, I like, four death defiance things. <laughs> I've never been over 200. I think 150 would be what <laughs> Jason helps. No, you've been over. I think you just don't remember. Because that's only two. You started at 100. Not necessarily. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fair. I guess if you're doing the other one, you're right. You yep. don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've true. got alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I don't go after the health. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't choose it unless yeah. it's like health or money and I've got tons of money. Mm-hmm. So I choose health. If I've got 150 health, it's because there just weren't other options, right? That's mm-hmm. that's why I got there. At first I was, I think I probably did get to 200 during my early runs and then read yeah. something online where it was just like, health is the most useless upgrade. Don't yeah. get it. Just <laughs> unless you're like me and you die all the time. <laughs> useless upgrade? Yeah, it says it was, and, and I agree with this. It basically prolongs the inevitable. Right, <laughs> you're not going to beat a boss because you have more health. Oh yeah, you will. I disagree. You're yeah. You're going... This happens for me all the time. I'm often at like two left at the yeah, end of it. I've done that. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. But <laughs> if you had taken the the opposite health, you'd be at eighty health left out of your hundred. Your hundred. If you take taken the then had more build, power. Right. Oh, build your right, boons. Right. Build yeah, the strength. Yeah, yeah. Be ready to attack. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not that, that having health is bad. It's that usually the other thing is better. Mm-hmm. All right, my build. Mm. I'm ready. I'm excited. It's all Poseidon. And then a duo at the end. It all comes down to the tidal dash. Mm. So you you get the tidal dash, make little waves when you dash. It's great. Love it. It's cute. All right. Now you add to that Typhoon's Fury. You deal more damage when slamming foes into barriers. Oh, I love that. Plus 300% on Epic. Plus yeah. 350%. Dude, there's so many heroic. walls all over Elysium and everything. Yeah, this uh-huh. is great. Uh-huh. Keep it going. Keep it going. Because now you can add Razor Shoals using, using knockaway effects, also ruptures foes. So now they take a certain amount of damage every few seconds after you yeah. hit them. That's sweet. All right, cool. That's, that's great. That's and that's, this is all just you running around. This has no effect on your actual yep. weapons that you choose, which is yep. nice. Slamming, how about breaking waves? Slamming foes into walls or corners creates a watery blast in the area. Meaning you get them for, you get them with the tidal dash. Yeah. You knock them into something. You get extra. It ruptures them, and then basically the tidal dash happens again, but off the wall this time. Yeah. So everything you got like triple. Especially in um, the labyrinth and sticks when everything's such close quarters, and I feel like mm-hmm. uh-huh. mm-hmm. there's been so many times where I feel so strong going into sticks, and then yeah. there's freaking like rats yeah, or the, the stupid, werewolf the things just like rat the spitting. Things. It takes yep. your health down so fast. Oh yeah. man, yeah, those kill me. Yeah. And it is a multiplier uh, oh, by nice. uh, 200%, you know, two times. Mm-hmm. Then finally, wave point pounding. Your boons with knockaway effects deal bonus damage to bosses. Yeah. Uh, that can get you up to 50%. That's nice. Now, add one more thing, which is the Zeus duo. So if you've also gotten Zeus, let's say, on your uh, attacks deal lightning or your special does lightning, uh, which is always fun, 
Uh, knockaway effects also cause foes to be struck by lightning. So whatever other that. whatever other damage you set up on your lightning, you get that too. And if you've yeah. also gotten the bonus from Zeus that says anybody that gets hit by lightning also gets jolted, you get that too. I once had all of those stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I yes. went into um, what's the the last one? Is it sticks? Yeah, the Temple of Sticks. Temple of Sticks, and they've got all those rats that come after you. I would just dash twice, and the room would be cleared. Yep. I have definitely done that a few times. Oh, I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. If I can get like chain lightning or dash and there's lightning or any number of things like that, I'm like, all right, we're good. Let's (laughs) build that up. Everything is wonderful. Yeah. And that really comes in handy with Temple of Sticks more than anything else, I think. All all the little mice that are running around. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Ben, what's your build? Oh, dude. I... I think just everything on special is my go-to. Everything on special, and then it just depends on what that weapon is. Uh, I didn't... I, yeah, I think lightning is probably my go-to, just because it adds so much stuff. I think the one I realized, um, just like on every hit, it adds stuff. The one I really liked, I used to hate, was um, Artemis's arrows, right? Anytime you hit with special cast or attack, oh, it fires that. arrows. So yeah. I think it sucks. Good. It starts at like 14, which is like... Mm-hmm. It's yes, really good for like Temple of Sticks. It takes a while to get there. But if you can level that up two or three times, which is pretty doable every time, then it's actually like doing damage on Hades and on bosses. Yeah, on Theseus and the Minotaur, that one is so yeah. nice to have because you're like constantly sort of taking little hits at Theseus at the same time. Yep. And it will add to them that you can do criticals against them. Yep. They get targeted. Yeah. With Exegriff, though, because you're firing bullets, you're firing 16 bullets in like two seconds. It's much, it's so there's so many more rounds compared to other weapons. Oh, it's not just like hit attack hit attack hit attack. You just hold it down and it goes and you can get oh, like fire faster and you can get longer yeah. rounds. Exactly. So that with I your need. and that's not even your special. It's easy mm-hmm. to combine with the OP specials that you have too. So if you can get extra griff with Artemis and then power up your special, that's just like flying through. God, that's good. Who does the like Arctic freeze and stuff like that? Demeter. Oh, oh Demeter. Yeah, I wasn't no. Demeter does the... She does icy stuff. Oh, no, I'm thinking Dionysus. Yeah, maybe it is Demeter. I do like... that. I prefer I that the to the... freezing yeah, yeah, I prefer that to the um, the tidal thing. I didn't like yeah. it because it shoots in front of you. Yeah. I'm not running towards them. I'm running away from them. Oh, I'm always running towards everything. I'm running through them <laughs> and sending them like, to walls. Leroy Jenkins every time I, do love, I go yeah, in any, there. Yeah. Man, I'm running away. I'm always running away. What about... Uh, what about her cast upgrade? What's that? It's when it sends out the little things that shoot lasers at everything. I didn't like that. Oh, that was yeah. just too slow. It's God, really it's good fun. For, um, I, couldn't, I didn't try it a lot. But it's really good for the Hydra. Uh, yeah. What I would do oh, is yeah, I would just set everywhere. one on each yeah. side. Yeah, that's and smart. then just it just fires at the Hydra yep. while I also then like do my regular attacks at it. And it's like it's done, especially when the little Hydras pop up. Those things, I... Just destroy them in like seconds. Nice. Okay. Are we getting too deep into like builds and no. stuff? Should we back no. up and we're do gonna, like we're, story stuff? Or we're gonna get into next. Next up, I say we go characters. Okay. But real quick. Okay. That cast for Demeter, uh, just throwing out a bunch of hovering things that shoot lasers and everything. Yeah. Fantastic. So good against bosses. Mm-hmm. Against all the bosses. I love that against Hades actually. Mm-hmm. Just watching him get frustrated as the lasers all focus in on him. Right. It feels really nice. All right. <laughs> Favorite uh, characters, and I've got uh, I've got two. One is my best bud. One is um, definitely oh. the character I am the characters I am most attracted to because this okay. is a horny game, 
And I think it is. It is quite I think we need to talk about that and be okay with that. By characters, you mean chaos. We all know. Right. We'll see when we get to you. They are the hottest. I'll start. Mine is um, best bud is Skelly. Absolutely. Wow. I love Skelly so much. Um, I know all about him and Skelly Marcus, uh in his former life. Being a Cretan uh, admiral of the Cretan Navy, uh, I've learned all of this stuff. He tried to delude me, make me think that he was lying. He was not because I went and talked to Asterius about it, who was from Crete. And yes, he remembers Skelly Marcus. Oh. I'm still tracking down the connections. I love Skelly. He is yeah. my best boy. Um, and my crush. Two we all know who it is. We, oh, yeah. Here's a good one. Guess for me. I've got two. It's Megara. What? Megara? Megara. All right. Corey, do you want to guess? I, and I, I felt this is a very bisexual game. I'm very okay with, with choosing different genders for this. That, that was oh, yeah. part of the way that I felt about the game. Megara is the, is the uh, female one. Okay. Well, I, I was asking, is that what we determined already? No, no. Oh, okay. No, no, <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought it was a term. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, do you want to guess for me? Did I want to guess? Uh, I, I'm going to go with, it's Patroclus. Oh, oh I like that. Ooh, I love Patroclus. Patroclus is fantastic, <laughs> yes, but he yeah. is already taken. Oh, wow. Uh, wow, that his, matters? Yeah, his story's fantastic. Oh, God. Him and it, um, my dude, they the last pretty... third of the Iliad is all about Achilles going wild because Patroclus dies. Like, I am not going to get between the That's two of them. Fair. That's fair. That's strong. Unless they'd like me to get between the two of them very literally. In which case? Um, in which case, I'm interested. <laughs> Poseidon is my weird familial dude crush. Oh, what? Um, but everyone is family here. That's true. Yeah, you can't avoid it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, jump uh, in. Yeah, you can't avoid it. Uh, Thanatos is your brother. Uh, Megara is your sister. Just deal with it. And girl crush is Artemis. Oh, I get I, that. I don't have any, any reasons for it. I was just like... She's, I was like, Artemis, what? And then she started talking. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm in okay. love. Cool. She's cool. <laughs> You're amazing. The little tanuki braids. Like, mm, she's great. Sometimes it just clicks, you know? It just clicks. just happens. <laughs> Can't explain love. I understand her the best, and yet I never seek them out. I don't know why. By the way, the way you said boons, and for a second, I thought you said boobs. This is a love constant problem every time I tried to like message you or anyone else about this game, is I would try to say boons, and just as I was about to hit enter, realize, my phone says boobs! Then I'd have to go back. And Let me tell you about my favorite boobs. <laughs> What's your build? <laughs> it's a different game. No, that's very this game. Let's be real. <laughs> Corey, tell us about your, your platonic and non-platonics. Uh, tell, tell us about the people you love. Yeah, I mean, I love Skelly as well. I love his, like, I think it's just fun that very early on you kind of get this, like, what's his story anyway? Like, when Zagreus starts yeah. asking around, like, has so anyone seen this guy? Am where did he one? come from? Like, <laughs> right. Is there, does anyone know how he got there? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And eventually you do get him to. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is, okay. but okay. I'm just saying. Like with anything else in here, you eventually do get him to tell you, so excited, like his story or whatever. Oh, and then he tells you that he was lying about the whole thing. Have you gotten there yet? Oh my god! Yes, I have, but I thought we were trying not to say anything to Ben here. Be cool. I was trying. We're not spoiling because we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, and so yeah, I enjoy him and his like accent that is unlike anyone else in this game, and the fact that half the things he says sound like he's really into BDSM 
and just really wants you to be into it with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, every I have so many screenshots and videos of horny things that Skelly says about being beaten up. Uh, what, did, so, what did we say about enthusiastic consent on the uh, the holiday episode? Anyway, Skelly is the most enthusiastic. Most yeah. enthusiastic consent here. Um, yeah, I, did, I guess if I had been prepared, I don't know if there was really anyone that like, I was like, ooh, well, hello, when they showed up. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. I was too busy just stabbing <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> In a non-sexual way. <laughs> and Dusa is the character I have romanced the farthest. I've gotten a, oh, drink, yeah, a drink with Dusa. Um, do, she's the I most expensive to romance. Well. For me. Maybe, maybe the third person you romance is the most expensive. Is that how it works? Or she's the most expensive. I have no idea how it works. That's how it works in real life. That's so true. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. But I have like, I still, I think because it, like I've said, it takes me much longer to get through everything. I still really haven't unlocked a whole lot about the other characters. So mm. like, I'm still working on learning more about them and not just trying to like straight beat the game. So, you know, I will probably a week or two from now have more of a sense of like, oh, I really liked their story or whatever, especially because I hear there's a lot of knocking the boots in this game that I haven't even reached. Have yet. you not knocked the boots? I have knocked no boots. I have knocked no boots. Game. I've only gotten a drink with Dusa. I've been yeah. doing some boot knocking. <laughs> My friend, I thought he was messing with me because he was like, yeah, like, you know, 55, 60 hours in, it starts getting, you know. The, there's lots of boning happening and i was like oh ha 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 and i was like i'm like 70 hours in what do you mean <laughs> i was like oh it's just because i play things slowly that's why so yeah i don't even know there's a lot to learn about these characters for me i hated hypnos the first 25 hours oh my god i love hypnos so much go on and <laughs> as soon as he and thanatos and thanatos like chewed him out for something I was like, dude, that's messed up. And you like check in with Hypnos and you're like, are you okay, man? Just like do your best. Like, yeah, I think that just happened for me. Yeah. And then yeah. you talking with it's actually causes like a rift between Thanatos, like that. And then every single interaction with him, I'm rooting for him. And he's just like, <laughs> I'm just doing my best. I'm Hypnos. Hey, welcome back. And like, he's just, I, I don't know. For some reason, I thought there was like underlying like ulterior motives to what <laughs> he's doing. I'm like, no, yeah. no, that's just Hypnos. He's just he's, like he's... bad at his job and happy to see everyone. 100% and, sincere. I love his like his terrible advice. It always yes. makes me laugh every time. Hey, it looks have like you, you jumped in the lava that time. You have probably you tried don't want to do that, that next time. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Yeah, no, I, I get and I hate off. Thanatos. By the way, so I'm I'm lukewarm on Thanatos. I wouldn't say I hate him, but it's just like yeah, I get it. You're very serious. Yeah. And I just hate the way he always shows up and then like, I mean, sometimes I've managed to kill more than he has, it's but fun. like a lot of times I get like most of the way through killing someone and then yeah. he does and he I'm like, steals oh, them. Oh, stuff. oh, the best thing when Thanatos kills someone though, is that it says nine, 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 yeah. the damage that yeah. he does. And it's like, yeah. really? We don't need that. We don't need that. Yeah. The it's God of death. Uh, I <laughs> will say I, one of my favorite relationships is the one with Tisiphone. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how far you've gotten. I'm, I, I think we've all done a lot of runs, so it's. I I didn't get as far as you, Ben. Tell tell Corey about this. Spoil this because this was amazing. Is this spoiling? I don't well, know. Well, I think you already you posted Did it. Unless it? there's something else. Did you? I'm sorry. But you basically, to say, I don't think it's one of the um, amazing. One of the fates is that what the fates sisters? Yeah, yeah. Furies. Right? Furies. The Furies. Yeah, sorry, the, the Fury sisters. Uh, and she's she doesn't talk. She's just calls everyone murderer, and she just kind of like tries to murder you, and that's her whole story for the first. 30 hours? I don't know, a long, long time? Yeah, she literally, two of them talk to you. One of them kind of likes you and also likes to to mess with you. That's Megra. The the second one, like, just hates you. 
and just wants to like tell you you're an idiot all the time. Electo. And then there's Tisiphone, yeah. who just goes <laughs> murderer. And then Zag always talks back, and he's like, uh, "Let's try Zagreus, or like, yeah. hey you, I, or I happy. haven't murdered anyone. This isn't murder. This is yeah. uh, they're coming back." Right? I'm coming back. They're it's already fine. dead. It's yeah. fine. They're already dead. It's not even murder. Murder. Murderer. And there's a couple times where she goes, Zah, murder, for another <laughs> three hours. And then it's Zagri, murder. And then eventually she just calls you Zagrius. She says your name and she sticks to that for a while. And I think there's going to be another turn. I'm going to keep playing. I'm excited. I'll report back. Ooh, see if there's a breakthrough. I, yeah, I think so. Because her sisters, the interactions with them are like, stop trying to like brainwash her. You're trying to change who she is. And you're like, mm. I'm just trying to wow. talk to her and relate to her. I don't want to change who wow. she is. Like, it gets deep with the symphony. I love it. So really enjoying that. And I would say Eurydice would be the crush. Where it's just like God, seriously. She's I mean, just dope, dude. Everything yeah. she says is awesome. She just seems it's really true. cool. Like seems Her forgiveness really chill, of Orpheus is she seems know? super chill. Totally. I I was walking with my neighbor today and I got to tell him the story of both uh Achilles and Patroclus and uh Orpheus and Eurydice. Like from Eurydice. Uh, I guess we know what your song is. Oh, beautiful. I'm proud of us. Of no one said Aphrodite. Good for us. Uh, <laughs> she naked. She's Nike. naked. And chaos. No shirt. You know? Yeah. Which I know everything about chaos with like the dead babies laying all over his body. Sure. Pretty sexy. Yeah. I don't know what they are. There's some sort of organism. Chaos is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, to be fair, I don't usually journey into chaos because oh, of my protectiveness what? of my heart. You, you, how would you get few, more than 300 health? Yeah. <laughs> like Every would, single time. I've never skipped a chaos game. You've never oh my skipped God. chaos? Ever. I have no. before. There have been times where it would kill me. Yeah. It would literally kill me. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay, I, yeah. I have definitely died as a result of that. Oh, a there's a great storyline between chaos and Nyx. Darkness and chaos. They were the first two entities in the beginning yeah. of everything. So there's a, there's a cool story where you get to kind of help reunite them. Mm. And this is your stepmom and the fact that she and Chaos, like, you don't, like, get extra boons necessarily. But it's, yeah, it's a kind of a touching storyline there. Nyx is such a cool character because her voice feels so, it feels like Chaos, mm-hmm. right? It feels yeah. otherworldly. Yeah. yeah. And you don't totally understand her relationship to Hades or to you. Yeah. You know that she's been maternal. You know that she's raised you. You know that she is not your mother. Yeah, it just always ways, feels like there's something something under there, you know? And, and there's, like, misdirection in the way yep. that she speaks to you. So, like, yeah. sometimes you're just kind of like, Why, what is she keeping from me? Or, like, can I believe anything she's saying? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, she's a very interesting character that way. The three of us grew up with step-parents, though. And yeah. there's something I really like about yes. the way that Nyx handles things. Yes. Mm-hmm. About, like, hey, it's important that you find your mother. Mm-hmm. that's good that matters you yeah. are important to me i care about you i love you but also it matters that you have a mother mm-hmm. um i love that stuff yeah definitely okay spoiler here could you do spoilers yeah. now yeah we'll it's been an hour it's been an hour spoiler yeah, blah, 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 spoiler, spoiler light spoiler oh uh, no heavy spoiler i heavy. i can tell that the people who wrote this game are from a broken home mm-hmm. because yes. of the way that they handle Nick's and Persephone's relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you want all of your step parents and bio parents to have this type of relationship. Yep. And it never happens. It so rarely yep. happens. Yep. And it's cool. They're not best friends. They're not hanging out every scene. I think nope. there's one or two conversations that they have that you get to listen to. They are but, and then you talk about to them about the other person. And they just seem very respectful and 
wise about the whole situation and it's it's written really really well i mean the yeah. whole thing is you know healing family dysfunction totally throughout the entire game whether yeah. it's you know nix and persephone or basically anyone else yeah. in this game so there's certainly this element of that just that dynamic of of what are broken families like and dysfunctional families like and the weird grudges people hold against each other in a family and you know stuff that it's like it's been going on so long they don't even quite know why they're doing this anymore um and trying to you know zagreus going through and being this bridge that's like healing all of these things between people who just refuse to you know for whatever reason refuse to engage with each other anymore or engage with each other poorly so yeah and the fact that they address i mean that that's the first that's the main rift in your relationship with thanatos is the fact that he calls you out for like meddling in eurydice and um, Orpheus. Orpheus. Thank you. You're to see an Orpheus's relationship when they didn't want, and he does that with everybody, right? Right. He does it with yeah. his parents, and so it's a big old meddler. Yeah, and but the fact that they address it is really nice because the game wouldn't work without that. The story wouldn't work without that, and it could have easily gone just ignored and be like, "That's your character, you meddle," right? Which would have been kind of a detriment to praising this game, or I don't know, red flag, whatever it would be. And so the fact that they address it is like, oh, he definitely meddles. He apologizes, but also. He checks in with all those characters after, and all of them thank him for doing that, right. and seems to kind of set it right, even though he was going about it in the wrong way. Yeah, I mean the fact that Zagreus is kind of portrayed as being like a little immature throughout yeah. this whole thing, I think, is is an interesting element of this. That of course you are Zagreus, you're rooting for him in all of these different ways, but you also like are constantly kind of reminded that he's being a brat and that he's doing things that like people are not asking him to do. He's being a nuisance. He is, you know, very like he's focused on like, oh, I just want to do this thing. And oh, I think I can heal these relationships and right. blah, 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 blah. And like you are constantly sort of through the dialogue reminded like, yeah, he is. This is annoying for everyone else right. or it's painful for other people, or, painful, you know, yeah, <laughs> like especially sure. when you have like. Patroclus, every time you go to him, you you just want to be like, Zagreus, leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor guy is like so tormented. He doesn't want to see you. <laughs> just yeah. go on. Uh, and yet you keep bothering him. So, Or maybe that's what it was about. It wasn't you were to see Norfus. I think it was Patroclus, yes, Patroclus and Achilles. And yeah, that's Achilles, who the issue yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. So if I can move us along, you okay if we talk about roguelikes in general right now? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's dig in, because I think it'll allow us to talk a bit about the game's mechanics in some interesting ways. So, the game Rogue came out in 1980. It wasn't a huge hit, but it got played at a lot of college campuses. It's kind of like the Velvet Underground. They only sold, like, 100 records, but everybody that bought a record started a band. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the 100 people that played Rogue each created their own games in the 90s and early 2000s. So, by 2008, there is a conference, annual international conference on roguelikes. And 2008, it was in Berlin, and there's a lot of debate over what counts, what makes something a roguelike, what doesn't. And they, they decided, you know, first off, we're not about deciding who's in and who's out, but let's talk about what we mean by, like, what are the core things we're talking about? So they wrote down a list of definitions, things that were true of the game Rogue and more or less true of the games that imitated it. So the first one, they, they divided them into high-value factors and low-value factors. High-value factors... Uh, this stuff like is really, really core. Low value, this happens a lot, but it's not necessarily the most important. So high value factor. First one, random environment generation. Sure. Right? Procedural generation. We see this in Hades a lot. And I, I think we, for me, it gave a feeling that this place actually existed. Did, did this line up with you? Every room you go into is different. And yeah. yet 
you, it also feels like it could be in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure. I don't even think I really like thought about it that much because I was just thinking like, oh, this is what like a roguelike does. So yeah. I didn't think that far into it, but I did like sometimes, you know, a character would be like, like I know that Eurydice says like several times like, oh, you found me again. Interesting. Yeah. So you're kind of yeah. reminded that like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that yeah. is kind of weird with all these random things that you end up yeah. in like the same place sometimes. And also individual rooms are procedurally generated, mm -hmm. right? The decorations on the wall, the way they're laid out. You generally don't go to the same room twice, yeah. which is kind of cool. Do you feel the difference between this and going under in terms of that procedural generation? For me, going under actually had more procedural generation in smaller rooms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was the thing is I think like for me, this seemed like generally I kind of like the rooms were like more or less the same, like obviously they were random what I would end up with, you know, or what like the reward would be for things. But I felt like in going under like, you know, between runs, the next time I'd go into something, it would be like entirely different, like kinds of uh, villainy things in them, uh, entirely different weapons, entirely different setup of the room, <laughs> things like that. So it's maybe a little less random feeling than than that was. Yep. Uh, next up, permadeath. This is one of the biggest violations, I think, of Hades. Mm. Uh, the original roguelikes, uh, one of the key things with permadeath is not only do you die, but your character that you played is commemorated in some way. So usually they have, like, instead of a high score area, a graveyard. Mm. And it will say, uh, Cornelius made it to the 18th level of hell and was killed by a satyr mm -hmm. um, with a pitchfork or something like that. He had you so much life here? and so much this. I don't know. I, I, I questioned I it as soon as Seder I said Seder in it. But. Seder, Seder. I say it's Seder, better. yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's Passover. <laughs> so, right, Hades violates this mm -hmm. completely, right? Well, in you that, so like... permanently die, but the key thing that it does is you are able to roll over upgrades between playthroughs. Okay, so you wouldn't be able to do that in... Exactly. And then do you play like a different character every time then if you... Often, but not always. Okay. I kind of like it when you do, because mm -hmm. I like... Especially because these, some of these will have like four or five hour long playthroughs, right? Ugh. And so you can look back at your graveyard and be like, I remember that. I remember playing as Cornelius. That was kind of a fun journey. But you don't get any of the... Nothing. Gone forever. So this That's, is a good... In that sounds Hades horrible. is a good intro to roguelikes. It also might make me hate all other roguelikes. Right. right. Like. like I've been spoiled yeah. by this. Yeah. It's definitely a roguelite mm -hmm. where, you know, it's not... It is not a rogue game. Maybe the other ones are light, and this is the hardcore one. There you go. <laughs> but but that's one of the key distinctions usually is how does it treat permadeath. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Um, now, the difference is you know that feeling you get when you're going against Hades, final boss, and it's like, ooh, am I going to make it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Now imagine if, if you died, everything would reset. And you'd clear and have to start from scratch. It makes me so sad. So is that what Returnal is like? Is that what caused Mark to smash his... Uh, no, Returnal actually allows you to upgrade between. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's, it's, just, it's imagine, just a really long run. Yeah. Really long runs. Yep. And and I think more difficult gameplay, but I haven't played it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my understanding. It's more difficult. But imagine if you would go start from scratch every time. And now feel that emotion of it makes it feel more anxiety-inducing, more exciting. Right, all of it's yeah. there. It's all it's very heightened. Mm -hmm. Right, so I don't. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just 
because it does permadeath, it heightens that situation. Mm-hmm. Sure. So if your favorite part of playing Hades is those final boss encounters and how excited you feel about it, you should check out original roguelikes. Yeah, see, that's the least favorite part yeah, of it. I like it, running I'm through so... rooms, killing stuff. Yeah, but it's probably not for you. <laughs> yeah. The next one is r- going to be a real change for you. Mm. Hades throws this out completely. Turn-based. Turn-based? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, like an RPG, right? You move, I move. You move, I move. Which makes it very tactical. Mm-hmm. Very, lots of strategery. No strategery for me, please. But again, that's... I'm, I'm not fast. I'm slow. So I like I like a slow... Clip. I am strategic in my gameplay of Hades. That doesn't mean it's yeah. more strategy in turn-based. It's just a different strategy. Yeah, and it allows, a more, allows for a more reflective strategy. Mm-hmm. Right? A slower strategy. I guess you could reflect more in that sense. And being slower allows you to reflect more. Not again, not better or worse. Um, okay. What I've experienced with, I'll talk about Michael Brogue's uh, Brogue-like games uh, in a bit. One thing I've noticed with them is I will get v- going very well and I will get overconfident. I will get in a mm. rhythm. Even though it's turn-based, I will forget that it's turn-based. Yeah. Because it's like boom, 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 boom. And you've only got, in, in the game I'm playing right now in Broglio, you've got four health. That's the max you ever get. Yeah. But like, I'm taking these guys out. Right, they do one attack, dude, and I'm and I'm dude. out, and then suddenly, suddenly, yep. I just didn't pay attention. Yes, and I'm dead. I've yeah. been playing for forty five minutes, and it's all gone. And I was on my best run ever, and I'm like, yep. why didn't I just slow it down? There was no rush. There was no rush. This is Dungeon Raid. This is like my exact yeah. experience with Dungeon Raid. Uh, yep, yep. Or it's like I'm just doing the same thing I did last time, and all right. of a sudden, it's like health, 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 health. Yep, I totally know that. Yep, man, God, uh, that game. Grid-based, I'm not going to spend too much time on. There's usually tiles. Um, Bike? But here's an interesting one. What? Like Dungeon Raid. Like Dungeon Raid. (laughs) Non-modal. What this means is that the overworld and the underworlds have the same mode, the same actions, the same viewpoint, the same this. And I found that a really interesting one. Um, Hades lightly violates this, but you usually move around the same way. You just can't attack in the House of Hades. But this is a big distinction, actually, between Western and Japanese RPGs. Hmm. So Japanese RPGs, you're, like, moving around the underworld, and then suddenly, whenever you get into a battle, there's, like, a... And the fight is completely different than everything else. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know and what you mean. For a, for a lot of people, that, like, throws them out. They're like, I will never play these games. It doesn't look interesting to me. And reading into it, there's actually some reasoning behind it of when you get in a fight, it needs to feel very different than every other experience of the world. Being in a fight feels very heightened. It feels artificial. It feels changed. It's not your normal way of interacting with the world. We interact with the world differently when we're just walking around a village than when we're in a fight with someone. Hmm. And we want to heighten that. Whereas the Western world was all about simulation. It's all about like everything should look the same. Everything should appear in the same way. I'm really interested in that distinction. So the non-modal one is less one that I value and more one that I'm like, I'm interested in some very modal uh, roguelikes. That that sounds fun. Let's let's break these things up. What if roguelikes had started in Japan instead? What mm. would that have been like? So yeah, that's an interesting one for me. And then the uh, the last few are complexity. Absolutely has that. Uh, resource <laughs> management. Yes, yes, yes. As we talked about with health, hack and slash. It's there. It's yes. happening. We're hacking. We're slashing. Exploration and discovery. Eh. A I mean, little you don't bit. really like explore. Not really. Yeah. yeah. Discovery. There, there's a sense. Discovery. That's the, the thing. I'm like, explore, not so much. Discover. Yeah. Yes. And Ben, if we can flash back to that first conversation we had, you were four hours in and you were like, I don't think Hades is going to be the game for me. Yeah. And we had this long conversation. And the thing that I that I said is, I think you need to switch your mindset. Yeah. That this is a game about like 
you're not you're you need to figure out how to play. You need to just play over and over, and every time you do, you are learning more about who you are. And you're like, oh, so you got to grind. And I was like, no, it's not about grind. You're not <laughs> building up the character. You're literally building up Ben. You're understanding yourself better, and you're understanding how the game works better. It's just a teaching experience. And the goal of this run is not to beat the game. Yeah, right. your goal of the it. next ten runs is to just like figure out what how you like killing people. How do you <laughs> like playing it? Yeah, and yeah. and once you made that switch, and I could hear it happen right in our <laughs> conversations, where you're like, "All right, I'll try it out. I I don't know." And then later you're like, "Okay, so I found something new that I think I like." And then I, yeah. oh, I found this. And as soon as it's turned into a process that is a little bit closer to like reading, like playing a good roguelike feels like a late night Wikipedia dive to me. And we know Ben loves reading. Mm. Like, oh, I want to find more about that. Let me find more about that. Oh, what about that? And that's that's a good roguelike. Yeah. I will say, Corgan, uh, I played a lot of this game on mute, so I had to read a lot of text boxes, okay? <laughs> and I do not skip them. I read every single one, okay? Okay. You've got that on me, to be fair. Yeah, so. boom. <laughs> I don't know how to... It's just ADHD brain. I cannot get myself to do it. Like, even when I sit there and I'll be like, you're going to read it, you're going to read it. Like, especially... I mean, I would normally read most of the text boxes. Yeah. Or, like, the dialogue boxes, I mean. Yeah. But... <laughs> me i never read any of the stuff that was like you learn something and here's more of so-and-so's story oh, the little book pops up yeah, yeah i would no, be I like the codex you know i would yeah, yeah. look at it and i mean i think i managed to get myself through skellies and i would read the bolded yeah. part at the bottom of some yeah, of them the new part i was like do i need is that gonna help me in any no, way not at all uh but yeah i just my brain does not allow for reading things in a game yeah for, speaking of breaking your brains uh one of the low value things i'm not going to read all of those is ascii graphics i mean all of the graphics are huh. just like text like symbols yeah that's a weird one let me let me show you real quick what a roguelike looks like because the truth is that neither of you have ever seen a roguelike i bet <laughs> oh we used to play this game yeah this one is called this is a that was a smooth screen share this one is called brogue um, no what's the game it, we used to play zzt zzt oh my god yeah uh, and ZCT was actually more like a uh, platform for building. Ben, are you ready to have your mind blown? Oh, please. <laughs> All right. ZCT uh, was shareware, right? Yeah. Uh, it was really a platform, included like a little game. But then it was like, I remember playing erotic fanfic of X-Files as a video game in ZCT. Like it was just... So many people could design whatever they wanted. But in high school, I was like all out the X-Files. I found this thing and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. Let me play this. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It was amazing. It was all this ASCII art. All right, so the creator of uh, ZZT decided to uh, start a game company out of his basement. He called it uh, the stupidest name ever, Epic Mega Games. Oh, no. Have you talked about that before? Because I've definitely heard oh, that we have. before. Oh, okay. we have. Oh, we have. I yep. hate it already. Then he started a game engine, because ZZT really is a game engine. It was called Unreal, and he uh, debuted with Unreal Tournament. Okay, and yes, got it. The current fight between Apple and Epic is all coming out of ZZT. Wow. Anyway, can you describe at all what you're seeing on the screen? Just chaos. How do you talk <laughs> about this? Chaos. It's just a bunch of random letters, yeah. right? Lots chaos. of colors. Lots of, yeah. I, I honestly think this is one of the most gorgeous. It actually uses some really interesting um, setups to, to cast light. It does uh, ray casting, where you can oh, see the different wow. colors. Like, That's you can cool. see a sense. So this scene is in, like, a grotto, and the light is reflecting off of 
uh, like um, th- imagine like a, a kind of green grotto, with a little bit of water in there, the cave surface and things like that. And so different levels, some of them will look orange, some of them will look uh, green like that, and, and it just casts in different ways. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful game. But you move around, a little character that's usually an at symbol, then other things come up to you, maybe one of them an X or an L or a G, and the G might stand for gnome, and mm-hmm. it attacks you. And you go, uh, look, I mean, we've got a lich, a goblin mystic, you, a, another lich, all happening on the same screen. You can get all kinds of objects and interact. It's fun. And just to show you some different screens, like, look at that. Wow. Like, that's lava. I love the way that it captures stuff. It's a really, really beautiful game. This is great for a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. All right. Beer and song? Oh, yeah, we got yeah, drink and song. Good call. Yeah. Anything else before we get into that? We did favorite characters, favorite... I guess it's been an hour and a half. We should jump in. I'll just admit, I I sometimes forget the special exists. You talked about the special being mm-hmm. your favorite. Like, I, I often will, like, play a whole run and be like, oh, right, there's that button up there. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I use, there, I use it a lot, I think. I, I fairly often use a special. It depends on my build. Sometimes I will, but usually... It's 90%. Yeah, it also depends on the, the weapon itself. Yeah. Some of them, the special is less useful than others. Yes, for yep. sure. <laughs> All right, drink it, Tom. Game's pretty fun with frustration when I was all done. I just had to question what's the beer, what's the song. I can't always tell. I just wanna know what game is West E12. Alright, Corrigan, what's your drink for the game? My drink for the game. Well, as I said, I played this game largely on the way to Hawaii and while I was in Hawaii. So that's obviously where like my head was and all that stuff. Uh, it is very hot in Hawaii. It was like 85 degrees the entire time that I was there. And I'm playing a game that's set in Greek hell, essentially. Lots of fire and lava and stuff like that. So I had myself a few Mai Tais while nice. playing this game. And it also time. made me think of like the like nectar that you're giving to to people. Like I could see that being like, ooh, a nice refreshing mai tai in the underworld that you're giving to people, and they're like, hey, thanks. Well, it was really nice of you to do that. <laughs> and so yeah, a mai tai is my drink for this game. Mm, Real nice. simple. Nice. Jay, what you got? I got uh, Lagunitas, a little something, something. That's what I was actually drinking tonight during this. But I was thinking about it because. It's technically classified as an IPA. And for me, there's a lot of people who hate IPAs, similar to a lot of people hate roguelikes, mm-hmm. especially people who've never played them, right? They, they hear the description. They're like, I die all the time. I don't want to play it. I'm out. Right. IPAs, people are like, oh, it's really bitter. That sounds gross. I don't want it. A little something something is a real approachable one. If you can get someone to try it, most people will like it. They'll be like, this is really nice. And it'll be one of those, well, this is actually an IPA. And they'll say, no, it's not because I don't like those. And so is it going to be the most like, True to form, it fits the category, IPA. Not necessarily, but it's a really good one, and I like it a lot, and most people like it, so, like, shut up. Who cares? <laughs> uh, which is kind of the way I feel about Hades and Roguelikes. Like, is does it fulfill all the criteria? Yeah, no, wasn't trying to. But it takes the best parts of that style and highlights them and makes it really, really work well. Yep. Nice. Ben, what's your drink? I went with my favorite 
Soda of all time, Diet Dr. Pepper. It's my go-to. You can have it with lunch and dinner. You can have it like an 8 a.m. DDP. If you're looking for a little wake-up and you're not feeling coffee, you can have it when you're cold. You can have it when you're hot. It's just like year-round. It's great. Just like Hades, you can like pick it up for a second. You can pick it up for a couple hours, you know. Uh, and it's not the real thing. It's the light version of Dr. Pepper. Ooh. DDP. Smart. And I like smart, Diet smart. Dr. Pepper more than I like Dr. Pepper. Boom. Love that. Those are both very... Very clever. Hey, thank you. And my song, I think it's pronounced Slushy? S-L-U-S-H-I-I? Okay. Slushy, right? Sure. Uh, that's the name of the band. Uh, and Valhalla is the name of the song. And it is this like super hyped dubstep anthem. Uh, and the <laughs> lyrics are, they actually, they're like, they're five lines. And they actually fit really well. And I found that secondarily. The way I found this was I've been uh, watching a lot of uh, Shang-Chi, it came out a few months ago. I just saw it, like, I think I saw it, I don't know, whenever it came out. Uh, but for the past month, we've watched it, like, a dozen times. And <laughs> so the kids are into that one, huh? The kids are super into it. So I should say, I've seen it three times. We've watched all of the scenes with Morris 30 times. Which one's Morris? Morris, Morris is the little tiny, I think, uh, Aquafina refers to him as oh. the chicken pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're He's talking about He's one of the now. mythical characters from Yeah, Talo. I've only seen it once, so it took me a second to, like, bring it back up. But yeah, yeah. A puppy without about. a head and, like, rainbow wings, yes. right? Uh, our buddy Nick Gates got me uh, not only the vinyl of the Shang-Chi soundtrack, but also a little um, animatronic Morris oh, that now, so that I, was on my desk for two days, and now it's wow. been uh, usurped by Talia, and it lives next to her in her bed, because it's very, very soft. <laughs> um, so, loving the soundtrack, playing it every day. And uh, sometimes I'll go to one of the songs I'm into and I'll click on on Spotify. You can click to like go to radio, like start a radio yeah. version of that song. And it goes, it plays similar songs. And one of the, this song is one that comes up a lot when I do that. It's Valhalla by, Slu by Slushy. Uh, and the, the words, which I like are in the background. It's not even the main part of the song, but it matches with Hades really well. And it's in our universe. We are all alone. How the game starts out. You're like, everyone's your enemy, basically. Uh, in our lonely hearts. So like a little bit speaking of the like romantic side that's that's coming ahead, uh, we search for our way back home. Every single time you die, that's where you go. They gotta find a way, gotta find a way, gotta find a way back home. So I like that. It just it's a it fits pretty well, even though it's pretty light there. My song. Uh, I chose the National Anthem by Radiohead. It was, I remember it coming out. I remember Kid A coming out. And I remember people being like, oh man, I love Radiohead. And then Kid A came out and they were just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I don't, I think it might be really good and I don't think I like it. Mm. I don't know what to do with those feelings. And I, I think of that as the way that, that Hades hit people. Of just like hearing about like, okay, so it's, everybody says it's the greatest game ever. I just nothing attracts me to it. It just feels, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And then Kid A is one of those albums that I, I turn on when I write, when I read. It just lives within me. It's it's just there. It was an important album for me, and I, I think it is one of those that if you give it time, it will work its way into your bones. Mm. Uh, and so that's why I chose the national anthem. Nice. It's delightful reasoning. Cor, what do you got? I have two. All right. <gasps> but it makes unfair. It, I, cheater. Cheater. <laughs> however. We have now given me the opportunity, I think this might be the second time, uh, but 
to talk about one of my favorite musicals of all time, and that is Hades Town. Oh, oh, there you go. That makes sense. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and so my two picks from Hades Town. One is called Wait for Me, which is just an absolutely beautiful song. And I remember sitting in the audience. I'd never heard. It was one of those plays that I went to. Like I knew nothing about it. I'd never heard the cast recording or anything like that. And when Wait for Me hit, it was like, like my heart just like exploded when <laughs> as soon as you hear Orpheus sing the line "Wait for Me," oh, wow. it's so beautiful that it just like every part of me was like tingly and like I just I have not felt like this hearing something in music in a very long time. Wow! And cool. so obviously it is you know about Orpheus and Eurydice, and it is when you know Eurydice has now basically sold her soul to Hades and is like stuck laboring in the underworld, Orpheus is like, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you out of there. And obviously, as you can tell from the game, Hades, it ends poorly. <laughs> Orpheus goes down, tries to tries to get Eurydice out of there and then isn't able to. And so this song is just like this very beautiful song that I think communicates the relationship that you do see between Orpheus and Eurydice in here, but just the like raw emotion of what they had before ending up in the underworld. And then the other one is called How Long? And that song is a song between uh, Persephone and Hades. And that song is sort of about their rift and how much they love each other, but just why they don't connect, you know, and why they're uh, just this song of them sort of talking to each other about their relationship and about also what's going on in the underworld and why they are so different from each other and all of this stuff. And I think the guy who does Hades, who plays Hades in it, he has this incredible deep voice um, that the kind of rumbles within you. And I love it so much. How long, how long, how long? How long, just as long as Hades is king. Nothing comes a wishing on stars. So those are my two songs from Hades Town, an incredible musical. If you've never seen or heard it, it's beautiful, and it obviously very clearly relates to this game. You have sold me on Hades Town. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, want to, I need to go listen. I to wish it. I could. It's so freaking good. Is listening to it enough, or do you see it? I mean, I love the the music in it. It's not quite like Hamilton, where it tells you everything in it, but you can sure. get the gist. Um, but seeing it definitely adds a lot to it because the visuals to it are phenomenal. But at least listen to Wait For Me and okay. uh, Why We Build The Wall as well. is. Was that the second song? The name of the second song? The, the second song that I named here is called How Long. Okay. But yeah, oh, great musical. Let's get into Recommendation Station. Choo-choo! I have a host of roguelikes to recommend. Ooh, a host? A host, the original roguelike that got me into roguelikes is Doom Roguelike. Uh, because of lawsuits, it had to be renamed DRL. Uh, <laughs> but it's a roguelike based on the video game Doom. You got a shotgun, you got oh. guns and caco demons and all that stuff. But it's told as a roguelike. I love it. 
They then remade it as Jupiter Hell. So instead of ASCII art, it's like super souped up graphics. You can get that on Steam. Put a bunch of links in the notes. Ben's going to throw those into the uh, description. Yep. <laughs> I will. Next up, the roguelike I just showed Ben and Corey called Brogue. It's weird to have a game where the graphics are literally ASCII, right? And then to say it has amazing lighting effects that have to be seen to believe, to <laughs> yeah. be believed. It's gorgeous. Yeah, when I you really said ASCII, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so B-R-O-G-U-E, Brogue. Uh, speaking of Brogue, there's also a host of Brogue-likes, B-R-O-U-G-H. These are games by, made by a person named Michael Brogue. They are not related, except both being puns on Rogue. To Brogue. These are some of my favorite games ever. Highly recommend Imbroglio. Imbroglio? How do you say that word? I think it's Imbroglio. Imbroglio. You dropped the G, right? It doesn't, even, so. it doesn't even exist. Imbroglio. Because yeah, the Italians don't believe in the letter G. Yeah. So I'm currently playing Imbroglio. It's like four or five years old, maybe older. And it's updated once every four days. There's a new, somewhat sculpted, somewhat randomized. Imagine if they just gave you a Hades build once every four days that everyone in the world got to try. And you would see high scores based on it. And I'm doing this, but there's only a couple other dozen people playing it. And it's fun. I see the same high scores. I'm starting to get to like know these people. Yeah. Uh, I know who's good at what. I always like that when you're like, oh, I, I can see the hey, friend who I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the top 10 because there's only 50 people playing this game. It's great. <laughs> I love it. It's cool. So Imbroglio, I really recommend. Cinco Pass is another by the same creator. And then finally, I'm going to stream a game right now for my good friends, Ben and Corey. Don't worry, it'll take less than a minute. <laughs> and all I ask is that you try to describe what you see on the screen as it happens. So um, let's uh, let's throw it up and then do a screen share. This game is called Vampire Survivors. Oh, hello. So we got like a like Castlevania-esque vibe for the start screen. Yeah. Different characters. I like Imelda. I've um, started to play with her. And I'm starting the Mad Forest. Now to be clear, the only buttons I press are up, down, left, right. I just move around. Tell them what's so happening. is it like automatically shooting out of you? Yeah, yeah, it's just shooting at people, shooting at little, little bats. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're just moving around, and every periodically little gems fly out of you and hit them. Ooh, look at that! You got some confetti. Oh, look at this upgrade lightning ring. Let's see what that does. I feel like I've played stuff like this before. Oh, lightning strike! Ooh, hello. So now this... bolts of lightning occasionally strike the enemies. I like the music. I'm a fan it's of that. Such a jam. Is this a recent game, or is this, like, in Brand the style new. of an old game? Okay. Brand new game, and it costs $3. hey yo, That right? fits my budget. Yeah, unfortunately, it's just for PC. Oh, dang it. That does not. I got the King Bible. That kind of gives me the hibbity-jibbas. Ah, two swarms of bats! Oh, shoot. Yeah, I definitely have played games like that before, you know, and it kind of just, like, goes and goes and goes until you die. Like, it doesn't change that much. It just... You just try to get whatever yeah. you can until you eventually die. Yeah. It's fun. I like it. It's $3. Nice. That's cool. What was it called? Vampire Survivors. Vampire Survivors. Oh, the other thing I've been liking, uh, Megan got me a backbone uh, for Christmas, which sounds like a mean joke about Yeah, it me. does. But it's also a thing that, <laughs> it's, it's like, imagine like a Switch controller, like the two sides of the Switch, and you just jammed them on either side of your phone. Oh. And then you can play with a controller on, your, cool. on your phone. And so I connected it to Steam, and I, so I can play Vampire Survivors on my phone. Oh. It's nice. Clever. While I'm sitting on the couch watching MST3K. So it's like a Steam Deck that's not $300. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. $100. Just like, boom. What did I do with all this fancy technology? Uh, I tested Half-Life. Yes, I can play all of Half-Life, Half-Life 2, 
Uh, limited lag. It's great. I can play these gorgeous games. I found a, a little um, Tecmo Super Bowl clone oh called uh, Retro Bowl, and uh, I'm just playing that. It's Very great. nice. Good job. Core, any recommendations? I I mean, obviously, I've dedicated my life to Hades. And in our end of the year show, I was like, play more Animal Crossing. And I have not touched Animal Crossing <laughs> in, you know, weeks because of yeah. Hades. But yeah. I have been learning Welsh on Duolingo. Dude. Yeah. So you can talk to Mark. So I can talk to Mark. <laughs> he does not speak Welsh at all. Not even slightly. Uh, I busted out a few phrases during a game night we had with some friends a couple weeks ago. And he was like... I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> you know. Wait, Welsh isn't just rolling your R's randomly? It is not. There's a lot of weird <sighs> sounds, too. Yeah. <laughs> but it does, uh, now that I've been using this for, I just got my 50-day streak. Oh, yeah. I do realize that probably is part of why he rolls his R's oh, so cool. much, is Welsh people do roll their R's a lot. <laughs> and it's like, I can kind of hear why his accent sounds the way it does. Like, why Welsh people have the accent they do based on what the language was like and why, you know, how when you move that into English, it would sound the way it does. So I've been having an absolute blast on Duolingo. If you want to friend me on Duolingo, friend me on Duolingo and we can high five each other. That's awesome. I need to get back to my my Japanese lessons on Duolingo. That's what Keo's been doing. That owl is very sad right now. Yeah. It's, that owl misses me. Uh, it's been telling me, like, people who get to, like, a 50-day streak are more likely to complete the course. And at this point, oh. I've hit 50 days, and I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of a normal part of my day at this point. And it's it's fun. That was why, like, you know, it, I've tried doing, like, Gaelic before and stuff like that, um, but just, you know, lost interest or whatever. And this is kind of, it's a very fun language, and it's, like, not super useful either, but it's, like, obviously... You know, I know the big three that you learn in in America, English, French, and Spanish. <laughs> and I'm not interested in, like, German or things like that. So I was like, hey, why don't I learn something unique? And it's been very, very fun. So, hey, you know what? Try Welsh. You might have a good time with it. You should be uh, on the Tourism Council. I should. Try Welsh. Yeah, I really should. You might have a good time with it. Yeah, you, you might have a good time with it. Let me tell you. <laughs> you got your own prince man just running things uh, <laughs> i think that's uh, a sore subject what but he's the prince of wales <laughs> they must the love prince him prince of wales they must love him. yeah man. just like how all native americans love the president of america right yeah it's this like is a really good he's our president yeah, i was reading about like most. whales and tourism and things like that and that's like one of the issues they have is that they haven't created like a tourism image. Like when you think of whales, what do you think of? Blowholes. <laughs> That's a really rude way to talk about Mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, he would appreciate it. Let's be honest. He yeah. would, he would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah. Or Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. We don't have, and it's Anthony as I learned. It's ridiculous. But, <laughs> We don't have, like, an image of whales. And so they tried, like, five or six years ago, I think, to create, like, a a big campaign to get people to come to Wales, specifically to get Americans to come there. And they decided that it was the year of the castles. And the Welsh people were like, so your tourism push is to bring people here to see the evidence of the English who came here and oppressed us? 
that's what we're putting out there. They're still doing it too, right? I mean, that's right. not. Like, I yeah. mean, yeah, there's a huge movement for like free whales and stuff like that, yeah. you know? So, like, it completely was like tanked with the actual people in Wales that they were like, why. Why did you do this? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah not the, not necessarily a great relationship with the crown. The Welsh. They're not using any free willy imagery in the free whales. <laughs> and right. that I would like is that. why they don't have a tourism identity. Ah, yeah, by fault. <laughs> Anyways. Ben, what do you recommend? Uh, wait, I recommend. Wait, wait, yeah. I'm wait. Sorry. I'm sorry. I recommend waiting. I recommend wait. Wait for me. Not like till marriage or anything, but just like a few minutes longer than you till were normally. after marriage. Nah, till after marriage. I have a celibate. Marriage, Give it a couple weeks, and I think make sure it's stuck. I'm really looking forward to after one of us dies because we're just going to go hog wild. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I've got some questions now, <laughs> both about where your children came from and also about what exactly are you going to do when Hannah dies? They just keep showing up. Like, I don't know where they came from. No, she has sex. I don't. Yeah. But you're waiting until after she dies to have sex. I said one of us dies. With her? I don't know. I don't have to have everything <laughs> planned out perfectly, Jason, okay? Sorry I'm not type A cookie cutter little brother. <laughs> God, firstborns, am I right? Oh, boy, this really went off the rails. Uh, Corey, what else would you uh, recommend? Or should I say, off the whales? <laughs> Go on, Corey. No, you should not say that. Um, you shouldn't at all. I would also like to recommend a book that I just read for book club called My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinka Braithwaite. She's a Nigerian author. It is a book about a Nigerian woman whose sister can't stop murdering boyfriends uh, and then having her help to clean them up. Nice. And it's her sort of wrestling with her love for her sister and family obligations and her own personal life and whether, you know, what she's supposed to do about this, the fact that she's like, my God, my sister is just like murdering men and trying to like convince herself maybe that's not what's happening. Maybe they do deserve it. And she really is fighting back. And it's a very short, quick read. And it's not what you expect the book to be when you start reading it. Um, and it's cool to read a Nigerian story that like I think often when we get anything that's popular from Africa here, it's always like, oh, the sadness of Africa, sure. and, you know, things like that, and, like very like. Just kind of like, what does an outsider imagine of what Africa is like? And we tend to sort of, and there's great books that come out that are like that. But I love that My Sister the Serial Killer is not that. That it's like, so this is what being like a sort of a rich person in Lagos is like. And mixing that with the family dynamics of Nigeria in general. And getting to see like a different picture and just like a straight fictional take on a, on a yeah. life in Nigeria is very fun. So my sister, cool. the serial killer, Oyinkan Braithwaite, highly recommend. Nice. You'd have to be a rich person. I mean, have you seen how much Legos cost? <laughs> I hesitated. I hesitated. Uh, not long enough. And then I just not long. I enough. decided. You know what? I made enough jokes about whales <laughs> that were all stupid puns. Uh, I'm doubling down. I I made a music. Nick and I, Nick Gates and I, uh, decided to m make some music together. Some sweet, sweet music. Glorious. And we did. And we made it 12 of them. And we put them together in an album form. And it comes out next week. It's called <gasps> Twin Sons. Wow. It's uh, You can already pre-order it on uh, Apple, iTunes, whatever it's called. I couldn't figure out a way to do that for Spotify. But it'll be there February 2nd. 
Uh, so by the time this goes publicly, it'll be available everywhere. It's going to be on like 30 different services. So most wow. likely it'll be on whatever service you use. Uh, it's even available on Instagram stories already, which is exciting. Uh, and How so, do I not know that this exists then? I don't know. Uh, but it's called <laughs> Twin Sons. And Sons is spelled S-V-N-S. Uh, like the old Greek way. That's an important distinction. Like the old Did Greek it? way. Yes. But yeah, you can go to twinsons.com and pre-order it there. Pre-save it there. Twin Savans. Twin Savans. Twin Savans. <laughs> yeah, and we're very excited well, about it. Well, that's very exciting. Really what genre of, of music are oh we talking God. about here? That was a battle, right? Figuring out. So it's instrumental. Uh, okay. No vocals. Uh, a lot of samples, a lot of loops. There's electronic. We officially are in the alternative and rock okay. categories uh, that we submitted to. Because there are guitars and drums. It's very My songs are almost, not entirely, but all of my songs have guitar and drums in them. Very like drum-centric. And probably half of Nick's songs. And it's mm-hmm. split. He wrote six songs. I wrote six songs. And we interspersed them, arranged the album that way. So it's almost every other. It was hard to figure out a genre, so I'm interested right. to hear what you two, when you two hear the album, what genre you would put it in. Try to try to name it. Yeah. I would love to hear it, yeah. But there also just weren't, like, it wasn't a limitless amount of genres we had to yeah, pick. Alternative was just kind of the one where, like, all right, we'll put it there, and people can put out whatever playlist they want. Yeah, it's like trying to put a genre on your podcast. Like, what is what is this? Is yeah. there a gaming one? Or, they probably I feel use like a gaming one now. Jack of All Graves is under, like, lifestyle or something. Right. <laughs> that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hobbies. I think we started under hobbies. Yeah, there you go. When we, seven years ago. And there might we haven't even, I haven't readjusted it since. But Right. Uh, but, yeah, it was really fun to do. We just finished mixing, mastering a couple days ago, and it's all scheduled to go. We uploaded it yesterday. So nice. it's all very exciting. That is very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm Thank looking you. forward to listening. You pre-ordering it? Pre-save. What a guy. What a guy. Pre-ordering as we so You're buying it. You're giving us money. What a guy. Thanks, man. Boom. Love it. Part of me wants to like keep sending like the Dropbox link to people, but then I'll have zero plays yeah. on our Spotify. I'm yeah, like, you no, no. should really you make sure me, people at least Spotify have to play it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is not that hard to go play it on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does not link on the homepage, at least on the mobile view, to pre-order. It, it yeah. leads you to Spotify. But we just got those links like two hours ago. Yep. Okay, cool. It'll be up there when we post about it. Yep. Thank you, though. Thanks for the heads up. Nice. And by the time this goes live, you don't pre-order it. You'll just go to wherever you... It'll be up. So, all right. Sweet. Uh, Developer Spotlight. Let's do it. Uh, This month, we are spotlighting developer Ismael Rodriguez um, and his game, Below the Ocean. I heard about this on, I think, the Giant Bombcast. Somebody just mentioned they were playing this game, and it sounded kind of fun. And I had my new backbone to try out. And so I downloaded it on Steam, and I played it with my backbone. And it was amazing. It's a cool kind of puzzly platformer where you're like this little guy jumping around with underwater and you've got like the uh, the old school diving bell helmet on and like the hose going for it. So you can only go so far with the hose. Nice. And you can wrap the hose around like a lever to like push this thing over here. That's cool. It's like, it's a really fun game. It took me about hour, hour and a half to beat the whole thing. Oh. Definitely worth a, it was like a $6 experience. It was like, I paid for this thing. Yeah. I could go try and speed run these levels. I don't want to, but like I really enjoyed getting through the entire experience. It's fun. It feels good. His company's retro casual. One other thing about Ismail is he's got a YouTube channel with a bunch of cool coding tips. So he's not just like, hey, here's some stuff I'm making, but also like reflecting on it, thinking about it and saying like here, uh, one of the videos was called coding doesn't have to be hard. Mm. Here's some stuff to get you started. Like he's really interested in bringing other people in. 
And Below the Ocean is just a very, very competent game. Like, it's fun, it's good, but it also just, it feels polished. Uh, okay. if, if Zynga or somebody put this out and they charged you 99 cents per level, you would feel like, yeah, of course, they're, they're doing that. Right. <laughs> and it's just it, it, him, did you say? Just or? him. Wow. Just him. So far as I, I can tell. So definitely recommend it. PC only, unfortunately. But uh, it is called Below the Ocean, and it is a lot of fun. And I kept trying to find it, and Googling Under the Sea did not work for me. <laughs> no, I can imagine it would be difficult to find the game using those terms. Yes. I'll admit oh. that's a little bit on me. Yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> and then, uh, also this month, for the first time in a long time, we have Mulf in the News! Mulf in the News! Uh, first off, because we have to talk about it, this is called Ben and Jason Try to Explain to Corey Why Something Matters. <laughs> yes, I am ready for it. First off, the headline. 68.75 million. No, billion. no, we will not do that. We will not do that shit. It was not 69 billion. We will round up, we will use round numbers like normal people do, and we will say something the New York Times is unwilling to say. Microsoft acquires Activision slash Blizzard for 69 billion dollars nice nice thank you <laughs> thank you i was trying to think of things to compare this to and it's it's tough um when uh disney bought star wars that was nine billion wow oh okay. i think the um the bethesda one was a big one yeah find find the price on that because it's not going to come close yeah i mean just i don't have to understand what's going on here to understand that 69 billion is an outrageous amount of money it's more than video games make in a year <laughs> video games that's as that's one thing. thing as the scale yeah. it's more than video games make in a year 7.5 so it was 10 times the, <laughs> ten the price of the times. Bethesda. also do you know the last game that blizzard came out with oh it was um overwatch overwatch 2016 2016 Okay. They've been threatening to come out with Overwatch 2 since then. Mm. Activision comes out with another Call of Duty every six months to middling response, but every guy that looks like me buys two copies <laughs> and buys an Xbox just to have one. <laughs> it's a real shift. It's it's not like Disney acquires Star Wars. It's not like Disney acquires Fox or even Disney acquires ESPN. It's like Disney acquires Apple. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really big. Mm -hmm. And... It's scary in the way that it's going to change gaming. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are excited. I'm a Game Pass user. I love Game Pass. This will be exciting for me. A bunch of new games, right? Right. And Diablo 4, day one, Game Pass. Boom. I'm in. I love it. But monopolies are bad. And right. I worry about this. I would love if the government did some trust busting, which, by the way, it's actually signaled in the last week because of this sale that uh, it's going to step up its trust busting. Mm -hmm. It's going to actually look at this rather than just rubber stamping it. Because how can you have something be a $69 billion deal and not have that raise the monopoly flag? You know, the right. like, this is about to take over everything, you know, yep. we're gonna, it's going to run your entire life. Because I think I saw people, I don't know if it's connected to meta or they were just comparing it to meta. Comparing. Comparing it to meta. And, and that's the thing is like, Facebook, owns everything meta owns everything and it's ridiculous that they do but yep. you know when you're on your facebook your instagram your uh whatsapp like all that kind of stuff they and they actively every time another company comes up with something like tiktok 
they add reels mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that to like steal people from mm-hmm. that. And like, yeah, Twitter will try to copy it, but it's not a mega corporation like Meta is. And so I can definitely see that once you get something like that in this area, you're just asking for the same kind of like, no one will ever be able to compete with this because yeah. they will just make the same thing and integrate it into what they're doing and crush any opposition that might come around. Let me make the whole thing a little bit grosser, if you're okay. <laughs> ben, did you want to get in there first? I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we have monopolies, though, and they are not they have not been busted. So why do you think that... Oh, no, this is, this is a huge shift. This is a huge shift if these get busted. Basically, in particularly in the 80s with Reagan, we really pulled back on all trust busting. But this is a thing the government is supposed to do and claims that it does. And every once in a while, it, it'll be like, oh, hey, maybe we'll Microsoft do in the 90s. Know. Yeah, or but and like actually, and, and it, you'll it did see like bust down Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the last time you really see that because there will be times like with um, like NBCU and Comcast and all that kind of stuff where they like they were like, should we break this yeah. up? And I don't think they ended up doing that. I think it's still they were able to continue that merger and everything. So yep. theoretically, they have their eyes yep. on it, but they've been yeah. signaling that they will um, slow things down on this. Uh, now we'll see. But that was a huge shock to people. And that's what makes me think something hypothetically could happen. I don't have a lot of optimism, but it's good to (laughs) at least hear them say something. Mm -hmm. I want to make it grosser for a second. Mm. The CEO of Activision Blizzard's name is Bobby Kotick. I have heard that name a lot. This this is the main story for me. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard that name because he's he's run a company that was full of serial sexual harassers. I believe he himself has been credibly accused of sexual harassment. Mm. Certainly of allowing and encouraging an environment Mm -hmm. in which this happens. Yeah. And when a lot of this came out in, I believe, December, I believe it was one month ago, a huge uh, bevy of documents. I mean, not that we didn't know things before, but like a huge bunch of stuff came out. This also pushes to unionize, Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that's happening here. And the statement from Microsoft at the time was, we are going to examine our relationship with Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Guess what they did? Mm -hmm. They examined it. They and they off. decided yeah. the best thing we can do is look at this big hit Activision Blizzard just took in the stock market. Mm-hmm. We can buy them cheap now. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't believe it's Monopoly, know that PlayStation stock dropped by, I think, 10% mm. oh, yeah. when it was announced. Yeah. I mean, it's this is huge and upsetting. Now, fortunately, the day after this was announced, a small group of uh, QA uh, testers at uh, Raven Software, which I believe is part of Activision Blizzard, announced that they were unionizing. Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting point at which the unionization can happen because it was just the QA testers. It's a large group of people who are often the least appreciated Mm -hmm. uh, who can work together. If they can start connecting with people above them, people in different places, uh, that can start to get some movement. And another piece of this Activision Blizzard thing is one reason they wanted to sell so badly is to shut down the unionization that's happening. Of course, yeah. Hopefully by... My dream would be that within the next five to ten years, we see an actual union in video games, mm-hmm. uh, an international or national union. Yeah. Um, we'll see if that can happen, but I think it's incredibly important. Yeah, and it's a big time for unions generally. So, you know, more than at most times, there's some hope that that might occur, especially as uh, consumers demand that for the people who are making the things that they are creating. If we are behind the fact that like we won't buy things from companies that are union busting and things like that, you know, they still need to make their, their cash. So, you know, maybe we'll see. 
I mean, but that is obviously a huge, powerful entity, and that makes things way harder. I wonder, yep, yep. There's so many lawsuits, like active lawsuits against both those companies right now that I wonder Microsoft's just going to take those lawsuits on like these million dollar or is this a way to shut what, them down? How much? Yeah. How much do they ca- cost? Right? What <laughs> right. if they're a hundred million dollars? That yeah. still yeah, doesn't nothing. get it technically to 69 billion. Just buy everybody out. Cause it's 68.8 now instead of 68.7. It's a rounding error. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's their, their thoughts. on Just it. displays kind of, yeah. Unlimited power. If you can shell out that kind of money, it's going to be real hard to compete on any level. And and by the way, if you are just like, shut up, I like my Xbox, I want free games, mm-hmm. right? It's the greatest deal in video gaming. Right. The goal, here's the business plan of Game Pass. This is not shocking. This is the written plan. This is their plan. Put PlayStation out of business. Put Nintendo out of business. Right. And then jack up the prices to yeah. 50 bucks a month. Of course, yeah. And stop releasing new games. Mm-hmm. Until they're the only place that makes video games. It's the same business model as Uber. It's the same yep. business model as Amazon. And Amazon has largely been successful mm-hmm. uh, at putting everyone else out of business while operating at a loss until they can just take all the money. This is why capitalism is so wild to me. Like, why? There's no need to do that. Like, nobody, no. nobody needs as much money as they will make off of crushing all these other people's livelihoods and all the competition and all the creativity that would normally come from this stuff. It's just amazing to me that it's so important to capitalists to amass and hoard wealth and to crush everyone else in the process of it. You know, like, why can't these other things exist? Like, why do you have to kill them? You know, like, it's not that, like, Instagram is, or Meta is like, oh, we. I think we can do reels better than TikTok can do TikToks. That's not why they're in the game. They're no. in it specifically, specifically because they do not want anyone putting their eyes on anything other than their app for any length of time. And you're like, you're you make so much money. There's just no reason to do that. I hate it. Everybody on the planet could be fed and clothed and homed and live a life of leisure yep. and have health care and work probably fewer than 20 hours a week, yep. honestly. It's true. And yet. And yet don't this is what we get instead. Hey, great news, everyone. There's three new Star Wars games coming out from Respawn <laughs> Entertainment. Uh, they lost their Star Wars license, meaning they're no longer a monopoly on that. So yay. And uh, they got three new games. It's going to be a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Um, sorry, I don't have the enthusiasm that I had 10 minutes ago to talk about this. <laughs> but they're going to be cool. Hey. It's going to be a first-person shooter um, and a strategy game also. Uh, yay. Also, be prepared for thousands of layoffs. Uh, from Blizzard and Activision, because that's what happens with mergers. Yep. They don't need HR people anymore at those ones, because they already have their own HR people. Yeah. Here's one thing I love to to remind people about video games. I, I uh, teach a video game class to college students, and inevitably I have college students who want to go into video games and do game design. Uh, afterwards, I talk to them about just what a toxic environment it is, mm-hmm. how everybody who works there is below the age of 35, mm-hmm. because at 35 you burn out and you leave. That's kind of built in part of the price. You need yeah. more than exposure. If you, and speaking of exposure, <laughs> if you, uh, let's say you work on this new Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. They, they hire you to do some fully. Yeah. Right? Would my name be in the credits? <laughs> oh, 
boy. Well, here's the question. <laughs> Did you work there the day that the game came out? Mm. Because if they fire you the day before, your game isn't in the credits. Oh, my name is. And by name. fire, I mean just not renew your contract. Because your contract is actually written right. to expire the day before it comes out. Right. And then what happens is then you have to interview and you literally, because you signed an NDA, cannot tell people you worked on the game. And so what you say is, I worked on a AAA sequel to a space, a major IP owned by Disney, uh, space opera. Period piece. In which, yeah, yeah. Um, Golly. And you gesture at it. You're like, I worked on the giant horse game. I'm actually the guy who made the horse's right. testicles change based on temperature. And they're like, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I read that story. That was you? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not in the credits. I can't say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Games suck, man. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about games. What's Yay, our next game? Corey, I don't think we've talked to you about this yet, but Ben and I had an idea. No, I have no idea what's coming next. We want to cut you out. <laughs> wow. We want you out for the next game. <laughs> out. Out. All right. Yeah, that was, uh, so, it was a three-year trial period. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the probation we're, period's over. We were, uh, we were, all right, we're, we're going to okay. pose this, and we'll see if you're into it. I don't even remember what Jason's going to say right now. I'm excited. We're going a different direction. <laughs> uh, we no longer uh, require... <laughs> all right, Keo, get on in here. <laughs> so, Damn so it. Ben's favorite Every game... Time. Ben's favorite game of 2019 was Outer Wilds. Maybe one of his favorite games of all time. They did a DLC, and we want to play that. Corey, let me tell you right now, you will hate this game. Yeah. You are more than welcome to join in. I think you will love everything about the game, mm. except for the actual playing of it. Mm-hmm. I think it is everything that you will hate about making your thumbs do things. <laughs> that is my feeling. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely very fair. The game itself, you'll love. If you want to watch playthroughs, if you yeah. want to just like interview us and come join it, fine. If you want to be like, cool, month off, I'm great, good. Right. But they did a DLC. I started playing it. It's amazing. Ben's going to start it soon. Yeah. So we could do that next month. What are you playing it on? What, what? Xbox. I'm playing on Xbox. But it's on... Can you Twitch that? Uh, yeah. So, you know. You want to Twitch stream yeah. it together? I'd love it. Twitch it. Twitch ah, it. I'd love it. Twitch it. And I'll, and I'll blend it with... Uh, I've been doing Twitches for class, too. Oh, yeah. nice. So I'll invite you. We've been doing Friday Night Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, jo- awesome. I'll invite you in. You can, uh, you can voice over as well. It'll be great. That's awesome. Perfect. Sweet. That sounds good. Let's do that. And Tyler will be our guest for that because uh, he well you had already shot. moved to replace me yeah i know you're gone <laughs> you're not invited on She's the podcast coming. you can watch jason play if you want but you're not gonna <laughs> uh tyler's gonna be a screenshot right before we started recording tonight of him jumping in so he's ready to go and then Corey, the next month i'm figuring going under two uh yo just let us know we're in yeah whatever Corey wants <laughs> the next month yeah. i get the boot but then i get to subject you to exactly. whatever Yo- Yoku's going under, yeah. uh, whatever uh, it's called. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, uh, I am very under. interested in that Metroid game that Mark has been playing and is oh, obsessed yeah. with, the uh, Metroid Dread. Oh yeah. yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah, he seems to be into it, but it is like oh, sixty dollars, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. So I have to get a lot of play out of That's that. That's on so Switch. We'll, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. But anyways. I- I was telling my co-teacher about the $3 uh, Vampire Survivors game. Mm. And she goes, ugh, $3? <laughs> maybe, I'll tor- maybe I'll torrent it. <gasps> no, and I was like, I, w- come I want on. to murder you. Yeah. I'm so angry right now. Ugh, that's funny. That, that's ridiculous. Go torrent Red Dead Redemption 2. Don't yeah, torrent right? this. <laughs> Good funny. grief. 
All right. So I'll see you guys in two months. <laughs> Echoes of the Oh, no. Will you be on the... Well, we'll see. Hopefully you can come on the podcast if you're able to watch a bunch with Jason and, and experience that. If you want to come on the pod, we'd love to have you, obviously. Oh, I'm glad I'm invited to my podcast. No, I'm trying to not fuck me. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make it so it's not like you're out you're of here. You're just digging further into the hole. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, I'm not the one that invited you to watch me play. I will not let you watch me play, okay? Jason's wow. the one that did that. <laughs> so becoming more and more clear, Ben just hates me. Yeah, so yeah exactly. It wasn't it's... a faux pas. I'm just mean. <laughs> I just don't like you yeah. very much. Come on, get out of here. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Tyler Weevil. Weevil. That's his name. Tyler Weaver. <laughs> he wobbles, but he doesn't fall down. He does not fall down. Nope. Pretty amazing guy. Uh, will be joining us next month, uh, and you can find us at menoflowmoralfiber.com. On Twitter, we are at MonthPod, and Instagram, Facebook, email, or email. We should probably say that one is MonthPod at gmail.com. M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D at gmail.com. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash month, M-O-L-M-F. And always, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you especially to David Botluck, our Patreon producer. Really could not do the show without him. Uh, And I've been uh, talking a lot about Hades with him, actually. Uh, And we're going to have him on a podcast soon. Uh, He sent a whole list of games that like half of the games he sent, it was like 20 games. Uh, and I think half of the ones we already have like loosely in our schedule of like we oh. need to get to this game. So we're gonna have him on in a few months. Maybe that'll be our, our after uh, Echoes of the Eye. Is that what it's called? Echo- yeah, that sounds weird every time I say it because it's not a yes. thing. Echoes of the Eye. No, Echoes of the Eye. Cool. Those are just words that go together. Check it, check it, check it. Email every day. I hope that it'd be <laughs> from a female. Oh <laughs> man, not from a female. Thanks again for listening. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. Mm-hmm. And I am a mighty pirate. And I sure could go for somebody just wailing away on me right now. Oh, Skelly, you're the best. <laughs>